0: It's the Daddy Fino Show! Let me introduce your host. Daddy Fino is the Latin King.
1: It's the start of the show, time to walk through the smoke. When I enter the ring, I jump over the ropes. I feel like Mysterio, I ain't no joke. Titles I held them both, call me Chris Jericho. Time to cash in my money in the bank, just like she missed when he beat Roman Reigns. We me in the cage, like Undertaker when he met Kane. I don't play games, I'm the Triple H. The crowd screaming, you rock like my name's Dwayne. The crowd screaming, you suck like your Kurt Angle. In the ring, I'm the boss, just like Sasha Banks. So you'll get whipped like the intro from Sable. King of my stable, don't matter the label. Smackdown or Raw, you get put through a table. Pushed off a ladder or choked with a cable. Throw me a chair. I'ma give him a facial It's the start of the show, time to walk through the smoke When I enter the ring, I jump over the ropes
2: Hey yo, what's up ladies and gentlemen and welcome back Welcome back to the fastest growing wrestling podcast in the world Today, this is the Daddy Fino Show. And I am one of your hosts. It's your boy. It's your boy. Daddy Fino Bay Bay. And of course, we have my co-host. She is the mistress of legitness herself. The one and only Sasha the Legit King. Sasha!
1: Say what's up to the people. Hey yo, what's up, people? <laughs>
2: How you doing, Sasha?
1: I'm doing okay. I sound a little off. I have a tiny little cold, but other than that, I'm here because I would not miss this show. Of all the shows that we've had, this is the show that I would not miss, so I'm doing pretty good. Hell yeah, because this is the
2: one-year anniversary show. Woo! One year. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's It's. It's amazing. It's crazy. It's I just feel good. I feel. I mean, did you hear the? Be- we got new intro music. We have an official intro song. Shout out to my boy Godboy J from Chicago. My boy, that's my homie, my brother. Love him to death, man. Making a, a sick intro. What well, What was your feelings
1: about that intro, Sasha? It was. I was. It just feels legit. I guess I can't think of another word for that, but <laughs> it feels pretty good considering. Like I remember where we started um to where we are now so it made me feel good I really enjoyed it he did a great job shout out to you for getting him um to do this so man it feels it feels good I like it it's really really good
2: it hikes me up I'll be playing it like to start my day like I am just ready <laughs> like just go, go over the rope like I'm, I'm ready I'm ready woo you know but yeah that that that's his fire I I can't I it was just such an honor to get him um He's about to to blow up soon. i am be hyping up a lot of his music. Uh, So make sure you guys check out Y'all Boy Jay. His EP is coming out soon. Um, He's been working hard on it. So shout out to him. And thanks again for doing that for us. But Sasha, uh, we got to start off the one-year anniversary the same way we start off every episode with our quick shits. Uh, This is going to be... Our quick shit today, I, I was hoping for more joyous joyous ones. Um, but unfortunately, you know at the end of the day, you know sometimes life sucks um, and we have to deal with these these uh, life situations that hit us. Uh, so our first quick shit today is about Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, Chico uh he unfortunately passed away uh at the age of 63 had some heart attacks due to um a hip surgery that he was doing hip replacement surgery and it just I guess it just went wrong his body unfortunately couldn't handle it um and yeah we just lost a great a pioneer a trailblazer um for the wrestling business and it's not the sports world in general I, I feel like um him leaving the WWE to WCW, uh, for, you know, money reasons. I mean, I I feel like that was, uh, you know, and and betting on himself that I felt like that, um, that changed the landscape of the wrestling world. We obviously got, um, you know, one of the greatest factions of all time, the NWO, um, I, it, it was it was tough it was a tough news to hear um, and I, I still I'm still not over it uh, what about you?
1: so um first of all you know just our condolences are with his family and his friends and all his fans because if you were on any kind of social media platform this week when the news initially arrived that he was on live support then man... You would see nothing but like these great stories, especially about like younger talent that are still on the indies or were on the indies when Scott Hall was, you know, doing independent shows and making appearances on how he would, you know, he would just kind of tell do something for them, like pay for their meals or do anything like that or give them advice and how he would encourage them to you know pay it forward and. You see everybody talking about the influence that he had and the memories and the matches. Obviously his match with HBK, at WrestleMania ten, and then what the he had at SummerSlam and then, you know, you're hearing about ones that he had like with Brett in ninety three. I mean, and this is again, I think people forget before NWO, like he had like a really just the Razor Ramon stuff was just priceless, you know? Yep. Um but yeah that this man was just so incredibly just loved and appreciated and i like i said i saw more than one story where they were like he would tell the up-and-coming wrestlers to you know lead the business better than when you found it and just from the outpouring of support and love for him i think he definitely achieved that through himself you know he you just look. The Rock even said how big of an influence he was. Like it's just. Yeah. I think for in this business, you know, they're always talking about people who've been world champion. This man has never been like a world champion in any of the companies that he's been in. But like, look at the lives he's touched and the influence. And I think that's just as good and sometimes better because, man, you can see even on Raw, um, Raw and uh, you know, Dynamite. Some of the tributes that were paid to him, that he was very, very loved and cared for. Um, like I guess I didn't really watch a lot of WCW, but you—I mean—you'd have to be living under a rock as a wrestling fan not to know about NWO and Scott Hall and exactly. Um, just like one last thing about that. So I a couple years ago, I was—I they—I live in Houston, and Booker T has his school here, and. This isn't a Scott Hall story, but it's going to be linked to him. They had a special screening of Jake the Snake Roberts documentary um, when he went to spend time with DDP to get his life together. And, you know, anybody who's watched that notice, you know, knows that Jake Roberts was in a bad way. You know, pretty much people were kind of counting him out already. And, you know, he went to the accountability crib. That's what they called it with DDP and got his life together. And you know Scott Hall, he eventually went. And to me, that stuck out because when I went to this thing and I'm watching this man like get his life together, and then you see like later on Scott Hall did the same thing. Because I think they had like a documentary for him on ESPN not too long after that. And to know like he was almost out of here at one point, and that he got a second chance, and it added more years to his life. I think naturally nobody wanted him to go like nobody's wished this upon him but I think if you look at it in a different light I think the fact that he essentially got a second chance and you know his family was there to stay by people got to reminisce like it's not a it's not a something that people want to happen by choice but in a weird way it was like okay you know people got to share it wasn't gonna be what we thought it was going to be you know it was right. he got that chance got his life together and it's just like when eddie got his life together you know people were rooting for him he did it he made it through he was taken from us unfortunately very early but i feel like he got his flowers, and i feel like he got that chance to do things you know just do things have a nice chance to start over and i think this was a very um i don't know it was just i'm happy that he got that chance he got that second chance yeah it's sad that he's no longer with us i was at his hall of fame induction ceremony too when he went in with the oh yeah that's object. right so ah, i know i i know that you you know you watched you probably know more about him than i do so what are your, your thoughts about it
2: I mean, he. it's like you mentioned, he wasn't a world champion, but he made the Intercontinental title. He helped build that to be, you know, very special. Had multiple great matches, you know, defending that title, whether it be against Shawn Michaels and that that famous ladder match. Um, And and honestly, I hope they actually do a ladder match at WrestleMania um, in honor, you know, um, of him because that would be pretty cool whether it be like finn and and um damian priest or something like that um because mm. damian priest i mean if you look at his moveset you know he uses um razors edge
0: mm-hmm.
2: um so it would it, be kind of cool if they could do something like that to honor him uh and honor his memory but it, it really it was really touching one of the things i don't know if you noticed before uh, um one of the the new days outfits like um they had they had like a thing for the nwo where each one of them was one with somebody uh xavier woods was actually razor ramon um and then he even had like his hair with was the curl in the front and all that like it was pretty cool um so you could tell like that he was a big thing even it it didn't matter you know race didn't matter anything like he was just loved uh
1: the same thing with the way they had Andy Mm -hmm. was razor yeah
2: so it's like it's, it's pretty cool I'm I'm just I'm just like you I'm happy he got that second chance um in life and he used that second chance to help others um so you know that's you know that I think that's all you can ask for you know um it's obviously unfortunate he's gone but his memory is still going to live on forever his impact on the business is going to last forever um I mean it's what it's like what a life you know what I mean you know he was part of the click he's part of NWO you know it's it's just so much so much um yeah he's just gonna be missed man it really it really is I was watching I posted a lot of videos um of him, you know, as Razor Ramon, and I, I love that he came out to "Ready or Not" by the Fuji's and stuff like I that. I didn't
0: see
1: that. I didn't know that until this week. I had never seen that before. So,
2: but, like, that's that's pretty dope. And he like the crowd went crazy. Like they hear that music, and then he came out with it. It was just, it was beautiful. It was awesome. It was, it was really, really awesome. So, I, yeah, he'll it, be missed. It's gonna be, it's gonna be tough for a little while, but um you know i I love that everybody at least got to honor him in some way some fashion um and they will continue to honor him you know so uh yeah it was tough but we'll get through it and like you said uh my condoses to the family friends and just everybody that really really cared and loved for him because that's yeah
1: a lot of people
2: yeah a lot of people um All right, so let's go to the second quick shit of the day. Um, Jeff Hardy, your boy, Jeff Hardy finally broke his silence on his release from the WWE, his exit. Um, that was, you know, under a lot of scrutiny from, you know, from both sides, you know, whether, you know, there was a lot of questions and I felt like he answered a lot plus, um, events after um you know regarding hall of fame and being offered a contract back with wwe and stuff like this um i'm gonna let you start because this is your boy uh i want to you know just get your thoughts and opinions from what the you know from all the reports and and from the podcast that he did um the matt hardy one so go ahead sasha
1: i'll try to be brief because i feel like we talked a lot about jeff hardy in the past few episodes yes um
2: He's a big deal, Uh, you know, he's he's a big
1: deal. And that that comes through in the interview, like he says, um, so Jeff talked on Matt Hardy's podcast about, you know, basically he just, like you said, addressed everything that's been in the news about him, Um, about how when he walked off, you know, during the match at a live event and how, you know, he wasn't impaired, there's nothing wrong with him. He just, he just left, I mean, and it was a lot of the things that he said, you know, Jeff doesn't really seem like the kind of guy he's just kind of, you know, he's kind of himself becomes, he, you know, he just doesn't seem like a big, he even sounds like a big politic guy. And, but to me, I think what was interesting is that for all the stuff that you don't really hear too much about Jeff saying, you know, being in the dirt sheets or whatever, he pretty much echoed the sentiments of the fans, you know, Questioning why was he here, you know, he said he's like a ghost that was just kind of drifting around. Like, what, what's his purpose? What's his point? You know, he had a surgery, came back. He was supposed to come back in front of the crowd. You know, he came back to you know nobody. Um, as a Jeff Hardy fan, you know, I was pretty, I was kind of disappointed in how um, they used him. Because it seemed like outside of the latter match that we had with, you know, Sammy and AJ, you know, going all the way to his feud, um, not not even his his feud, his match at Survivor Series, you know, in 2021, like, it was really kind of hit or miss with Jeff. Like, they'd use him, they wouldn't use him. When clearly, he's been, like, over. And I know a lot of people make the argument that these days it's hard for a lot of talent to get over and stay over, but Jeff Hardy is consistently like cheered. Like fans yeah. love him, like no matter what, they love this guy. Like he is if you look up Babyface in the dictionary, I think um who I think it's what, uh Ricky Ricky Martin, right? <laughs> yeah. And then Ricky Steamboat, <laughs> and then it's like Jeff Hardy. Like these guys, like you love them. Um and he said that, like, you know, he felt like he was an influential figure for a lot of the different and, this, you know, misunderstood, aka, like, the weird youth out there. And it's it's true. Like, he very much... Jeff Hardy is... I think it's severely uh, underestimated how much of an influence he, he has. And I think the way WWE went about this you know, letting him go, thinking he was doing something like he was back, he'd fallen off the wagon again, and then trying to smooth it over by offering him a Hall of Fame spot. He said he got emotional. He said this is his career, something that he's been working for since he was a teenager. He started wrestling when he was like, he was in WA from what, 16? Yeah, and he's going something like that. Be, right. He's going to be what,
0: 45
1: this year? It's almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. think about it, like Taker's been doing the thirty years, you know? Um he, you know, he was like thinking about his wife and his daughters, the whole world saying XYZ about him, how he's, you know, maybe falling off the wagon, maybe he did it on purpose to get fired and he just said, you know, I got those two people at home who care about me and they love me and they understand me. I don't have to worry about what the world says and how when they offered him Hall of Fame, he was like, you know, why now it just came off kind of like a, a tactic to get him not to go to AEW. And I felt that was disrespectful. If you're gonna off if you're gonna make that mistake, I think the respectful thing WWE should have done was, you know, apologize to him if they I don't know if they did, apologize, you know, admit they were wrong for firing him under those circumstances. I understand at the time they're worried, but I think firing him was a little much. And then if he, and then kind of taking that L, you let him go, you didn't, I feel like you didn't go about it the correct way. If he wanted to go to AEW, you take that L, wish him the best, you keep that door open. And then when the time is right, put him in the hall of fame. Don't use that as a way to try to lure him back. Because to me, that was a control move and that's not fair. And I feel like for everything that he's done for this business, he didn't deserve that. So that's, I think that he was absolutely right to be emotional like that. Because if it was me, I'd be pissed. You know, yeah. you've given so much yeah. to it. You you made your mistakes, but who, who the hell has it? But right. for him yeah. to continuously be defined by it, even though he's making such a run at it to try to just be better in life, and it just feels like they're always going to see him like that, and then to try to say, oh, we're gonna pull this power move. Nah, no, man. Like this is a grown ass man. You should have approached him as such. So now that that's been out and it's been said, I'm I'm sticking to my thing. I'm salty about how it ended because he deserved more respect about that. I think, given time, you know, he'll him and Matt have to be in the Hall of Fame. It'll be a damn shame if they're not in there. But I think, you know, he says he has a couple years left in him. He's in good shape. He felt like he was kind of wasting this last run in WWE because they really weren't doing anything with him. He was over Survivor Series. I mean, man, people were totally in the job. And it was an opportunity that was missed. So, I mean, I'm surprised he was this open and candid about it. But if anything, it kind of cemented, like, y'all did my boy wrong
2: and i don't appreciate that right thing. yeah yeah no for sure and i i think the thing with me too so i i, I disagree with the the way he should have i don't think he should have just left the ring although i get yeah,
0: it I, yeah but
2: um Understood. you know there's better ways to do it um but at the same time uh yeah you're 100 right um uh, definitely after hearing him talk about it um i i see his point he was you know and I, I see your point too from you know from previous episodes when we talked about it like i i get it um yeah they were wasting him you know you mentioned the uh, the survivor series thing uh we've always said that all right well him against roman that's gotta be you know if you do that that means he's like you're putting him up there as a contender for potentially facing roman he's going to lose the Rome, but it didn't matter it was just to put him in that spot and to give him that extra you know just to put a someone that's over to give then that's like a actual person that whether we know he's going to lose or not we people know care people care about him and people going to care about that match that's a big time match um but yeah you know at the end of the day man I, yeah I, I think it was wrong for them to offer the the hall of fame you know it's like you said it was like a control thing it was the wrong time wrong place to do it you know you got to save that from something for so years go by um because yeah if you if you're saying that's a slap in the face I can definitely see that um they didn't at the end of the day it came down to a trust and I feel like they just didn't trust them which is why they prematurely released them and that's just unfortunate um, you yeah. would think that he would have gained um, that some trust within the company, especially with Vince. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm really shocked that Vince didn't do didn't do better with that.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, I, I I wish they would have treated him something sort of like what they do with Mysterio. Like Mysterio is being used, maybe not the way you know everyone would like Mysterio to be used, but he's with his son, and there actually been, you know he's actually been out there and been credible, and he's won tag team titles like you know i think he won it twice with his son or something or at least once i know that it was at least once you know they he was giving some light. so i wish jeff would have got something similar um the only thing memorable from jeff hardy's last run you mentioned that that triple threat uh ladder match um i would even say the things with sheamus that he did um i thought that was pretty good um and then the survivor series but they didn't use him better than they should um even if it was just to put him in a spot where he's pushing he's helping like the the future so like maybe like jeff you know they did the thing with jeff and um austin theory for like a few weeks but maybe they had made that where you know put him in that role where he's helping the future and help Austin theory get better and have like a legit feud now like a couple of weeks or I don't even know if it was a couple of weeks it was just a week it was just like Austin theory's debut or whatever um you know other than that you know maybe just they they could have figured some some way out um to just utilize him and now he's in AW he's gonna get used better we know that um they had their debut match this past dynamite um and you know they they he's gonna be in some big time matches in aw and and used and respected um by the fans and by just the the organization in itself so I'm happy he's in a happy spot I'm happy he's happy um and at the end of the day it's like you said he's doing it for his family um and that's I mean what more can you ask of somebody you know what I mean
3: Man.
2: so uh it's, it's all good with me um I'm just happy he's good uh let's go on to the next quick shit. um the next quick shit that we're doing ladies and gentlemen uh we're kind of gonna do a brief review of Revolution uh we did a preview of it and now just going to go ahead and get the review out of the way um i thought revolution was a was a good show it it fell I, I would say um it started off hot for sure uh the first two matches of uh, the eddie kingston Jericho match was the match tonight in my opinion uh that opened the show and then you had the the three-way tag team match for the titles. Uh, What was it, Jurassic uh, Express, the Young Bucks and uh, Red Dragon. Thought that was a hell of a match. And then I just thought the show fell flat. Um, It was really like, that middle of the show was not as good as it should have been. I thought like, for example, I thought the CM Punk-MJF match was I didn't think it was at nowhere near as good as it should have been didn't think it was a bad match I'm not saying that but I don't I think people are overrating that match a lot um but what what was it doing? I know
1: mean, you were texting about it like what
0: was it
2: that wasn't it just felt it, so I don't know it, it was weird it, it was not so I just feel like all right you have all these emotions and this hatred i didn't feel the hatred during that match for me and then it didn't help that the crowd absolutely sucked all night
1: I heard about that i heard the crowd
0: wasn't
2: wasn't that hot like, they were terrible like they were quiet most of the night except for like the moments when they should have popped like it, it's this is the thing about the mjf cm punk match that i would say um The biggest part of that match, the biggest moment had nothing to do with them two. It was about Warlow finally turning on MJF.
1: Yeah, Wardlow's apparently hot stuff these days.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Warlow, I mean Warlow's been getting
2: he's been getting like that that pop every night, every night that he's out there, and he finally turned on MJF. And that was the biggest moment of the of that match. And I felt like for a match like that that should not be your biggest moment
1: so did it feel more like a wrestling match to you or did it feel like a fight or was the was that the problem like it wasn't i don't a fight for you too? it wasn't
2: enough of a fight for me for the hatred okay. that they had i yeah, just okay, felt i just okay. wanted more it, it, it felt it just wasn't to the level i expected you know, and it, it was it, it. I would say this: the first dog collar match with um with Brody and Cody to me was a was a bigger fight than what this should like what this was, okay. and I felt like it should have been opposite because it wasn't really hatred between those two. You know, for their feud, it, I mean, they they were beefing and stuff like that, but it wasn't a hatred like this was. You know what I mean? Um, I was let down by it. Um, but overall, I mean, like I said, the crowd was just so quiet and I I don't that Orlando crowd, I don't know what the hell was going on with them. Um, but you know, th- you know, then you have the William Regal debut. That was obviously awesome. Um, you know, so it, it was really great to see William Regal and then the, the, him bringing together Daniel Bryan and, and, uh, Moxley. I really loved that. Um,
1: I'm Did trying. you see what happened on uh, Dynamite? And like I said, people, I'm trying. I am trying. AEW. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an A forever guys. Uh, what is his name? Wheeler Yuda?
2: Yeah, After Yuda. The, yeah The the
1: tag match. Uh-huh. how he tried to, you know. I saw the uh I saw it happen live and then I saw like a gif of it later when uh Weagle slapped him and just like Bryan Danielson kind of like appeared in the frame afterwards like you know, what you gonna do and I was just it's, it, was, it was great it's interesting like I said I didn't know this person beforehand and now I'm instantly interested so I'm like oh okay mm-hmm. so yeah the, and then William Regal was hilarious on commentary if you guys didn't hear <laughs> like, as soon as I just, like came down with them with uh, Danielson he kind of walked out to the side I was like oh he's gonna be on commentary this is good shit anyway. So um it was really good What did he say? He's like, Where's the I guess when um Huda and this his name, Chuck Taylor
0: yeah came Chuck out Taylor. with
1: Darby Allen and Dan Housen, he was like, Who's that evil waif there? And like, oh Dan Housen. So I, I that kinda made me
0: laugh.
1: <laughs> um, so I'm I'm glad that he's there. I was actually like in the middle of listening to his podcast with Chris Jericho when he had all the health problems and everything and I'm not done. Um, but just from what I'm hearing so far, it's it's good that he's back and he's definitely going to add something to AEW. So I'm looking forward to that. So that's pretty cool
2: for sure. And by the way, speaking of that podcast, screw Dave Meltzer. Oh no, because Meltzer was talking about his health issues and and um, basically saying that his he he's in serious health issues and stuff like that right now and. William Regal had to shut that down immediately on Twitter, and say I don't know
1: why somebody's health issues is like news. That yeah, like, it's like it, like, it was not. just
2: it was just really stupid. It was just really stupid to say, and I'm glad that William Regal stood up and said I'm the healthiest I've been in years. So
1: yeah, he's not an active wrestler. It's not interfering with because I mean, think about it before he even said anything. Like how many of us knew that he basically had been given like hours to live you know like nobody yeah. knew that no one but knew he that, that. He right was working in NXT you know we know we didn't see him very often you know he was like GM and everything but nobody knew that it wasn't to us it wasn't interfering with his duties so exactly
2: the only I, time we saw him is when he came out to say war games
1: that's yeah. it <laughs>
2: he
1: was bringing in talent so i don't see why
2: this is fine but okay yeah so i yeah screw you uh dave Meltzer. i'm motherfucking dave as i call him uh but yeah man it's just good to see uh william regal and aw that's gonna bring a lot to, like you said and i'm definitely hyped for that um and just you know overall man i i, I did enjoy revolution it wasn't as good as everyone's saying like there was people saying this is the greatest pay-per-view of all time no no it wasn't uh shut sure. up um it wasn't even the best AEW when it wasn't even the best revolution so calm, calm yes um but you know uh, like I say it was a good show um I did enjoy myself I had to overcome the crowd like I mentioned but other than that it was good I wish uh, my boy uh my boy Adam Cole had won the title but, you know, he's going to get a rematch, I'm assuming, that's since they're continuing that feud. Uh, so he'll get the title eventually like he truly deserves. Um, but, you know, other than that, I'm good. Uh, I do want to mention um, about AEW also. Um, this past Wednesday, um, they had the cage match. Thunder Rosa versus uh, Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, and Britt Baker lost the title uh in san antonio which was i believe that's thunder rosa's hometown or home area i should say um but that's pretty dope i'm really happy i like thunder rosa i've always told you good like thunder Rosa is really good she's one of the people that i feel like could compete with like the the full horse women in wwe uh for sure um Brit Baker it's, it sucks that she's not champion anymore because I do like her I love the character I told you i just not a fan of her wrestling um, but right. her and she proved it in the match I mean she got I think it was a thun, uh, I think it was a um, powerbomb onto tax okay tax now we all know tax is supposed to hurt you and it's supposed to be like it brings the fear of God into you when people see it, <laughs> and, you know, when wrestlers is introduced to the that all the wrestlers are supposed to be scared and all this. She got like, I think it was a, a power bomb. She got power bomb onto it, and she immediately rolled out of the ring with no reaction, <laughs> and grabbed the chair, and continued fighting. No selling, no nothing. <laughs> like it was the crazy
1: timing thing like because they were last i mean i don't know
2: there was timing. a timing issue um i know they had to rush the ending but still god like come on like come on like that's like you, you gotta do better than that Britt i'm sorry i don't care about the timing go over i don't care like you deal with that later but you gotta sell that you gotta sell that um it, it's freaking tax. Well, you know, other than that, man, I, well, it's going to be interest, interesting to see Britt Baker without the title uh, again and see how more development she's going to be as far as a character, how to develop that character um, even more, make it even more special as now she'll be, I would assume she'll be chasing the title. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a different role for her too. Um so it's going to be cool. It's nice to see that. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to mention about AW? There was one last thing. And I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, well, we'll get to it. I'm sure I'll think of it later. Um, but Sasha, uh, you know, so we did have, like I said, actually, never mind. Look, this is the one-year anniversary show. And we mentioned last episode at the end, that we have our very first guest. Me too. And I, I just feel I'm so hyped for this. I mean, before we even get to him, ladies and gentlemen, before we get to Sasha, let me ask you this. Because I guess we gotta have some... What was some, some memories of our one-year anniversary? You know, our one-year That we've been together doing this. This podcast. Doing the Daddy Fino show. What are some memories you have of this? Some good memories that you. You know. Some memorable moments or whatever. That you have of your experience. So far on the show.
1: So. On a personal note. Just the fact that. We're even having this conversation right now. About this. is huge to me. Because I don't know if I told you this. Right after our like first or second show, um, I was feeling like very self-conscious about like whether or not I was gonna be able to do this with you. Cause it just felt like there was like so much going on and I'm just like, man, I don't know if I can give you the commitment to show the commitment that it needs. I just didn't wanna like, and I think we did talk about this instead. I didn't want to disappoint you because in the conversations that we had, had off you know, off camera, it was like I could tell your passion for this and how much that you you believe in the show and you just just you know, the vision that you had for it. And I was just like, Man, I don't wanna screw this up. And the fact that, you know, there definitely was a time where I was like, Man, you know, I wish I could do this or, you know, tired this, is and that, but hopping on. Most of the time, like some of that was like the highlights of my week, you know, getting on and just kind of turning off the world around me and just sitting and talking wrestling. We've had fun. We've had laughs. I feel like I've definitely grown and just feel like, okay, I want to step out of my shower a little bit more because that's not something that I was comfortable doing. And we even talked about that in the interview with our guest. Um, but yeah that kind of sticks out to me just saying okay like committed to something it's been a labor broke love like trying to get the show off the ground and cause like i said this came out of nowhere and like one year later we got like a whole damn guest we got <laughs> theme music like we got people listening like this is this is some crazy shit so i'm just that's been my favorite you know i've enjoyed the straight facts predictions i've just enjoyed learning my voice like that's why you know my my twitter name and instagram just like sasha king speak is because you know i i'm not a person that comes out of my comfort zone very much people think i'm just quiet into myself so this has definitely been something confidence wise and you pushing me because there's been times when you're like i want you to do this and i want you to do that and i'm just like oh no i (laughs) want me to do this but taught me to step out there so that's been my outside of doing the show period that's just something i feel like i've just gained some more confidence from being around you so i appreciate that and i appreciate you that so what
0: about you
2: so for me all right so do you remember there was this segment that they did after the show ended of monday night raw where they were trying they were trying to get the undertaker to do the spinner rooney
0: yeah
2: and everyone that came out there was trying to just get him to pop and he yeah. would not pop. Nope. It reminds me of me doing this show with you. Because I feel like each episode I'm trying to get you to do something. <laughs> Whether it be for you to argue with me. Like I'll say something crazy just to like get you to react. And that's like one that's some of my favorite parts. Because one episode you did go off. <laughs> and that was like Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was that you went off on, (laughs) but it was because of something I said and I, I love the back and forth because that's, that's like hilarious to me. I love arguing, um, (laughs) and I, I think, I think the competition that we have the straight fast prediction, I, I, I think that that is something that I really, uh, do enjoy. Because, I mean, who who doesn't like the, a competition? Like, for me, I live for that. I love competing. I love doing that stuff. Um, but, yeah, it, I, I think that's one of the things, the first thing I said was just really one of the, the most special parts about it. And that's why I really wanted a co-host, because I want someone to, I can bring out something out of them that they don't know that they have. And you have a lot more to bring to the table that... You haven't brought yet that you will, because I'm gonna make you do
1: it. Yes, he is, guys. Trust me, this, this happens all the time. I need you to do this, and my thoughts are like I can do that. <laughs>
2: like I, I gave you a task already. At, like this week. Yeah, he did.
1: He's always giving me ta- tasks, guys.
2: And that task is uh, that's gonna lead to something else special and something else. It's just a. you're starting at the the bottom rung and we're going to build ourselves up and it's all going to start with me getting you out of your comfort zone and I I think that's just what's so special about that's why this show is so special and I think one of my other favorite moments too was when we talked about um, the Sasha Banks Bianca match and um, we, we had that whole thing about the diversity in wrestling That was one of my favorite episodes we did. I think, I I can't remember what episode that was. I wanna say it was like four, I think it was. Um, But that was a really special episode. I really loved that one um, because that one, I saw a different side of you also. And it really got the people to really like just understand what you like, not only what you see when it comes to wrestling, but they got to like, just understand your vision. I guess it's the best way and what you hope to bring. Um, and that was just a very special thing. And also, so yeah, those are definitely some of my favorite moments for sure. Um, before we get to our guests, I do have one more question. And that question is what do you see for the next year? What is something that you want to bring for the next year?
1: Um, I definitely need to get this new task that you've assigned to be done. So that's definitely first. Um, more guests, um, for sure. And I think when people hear our interview this episode, uh, you know, like I said, we do a lot. And I guess at first I was very unsure of, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts outside of ours. and. I was trying to figure like, what are we, I know I asked her like, what's the, what are we doing with this? You know, what's the format? And then I was like, do I need to have questions prepared? Like, do I need to do this or do I need to be that? And then having the interview was like, oh, this is just a conversation. Like, this is just, wow, this is great. So I, I definitely want more interviews and to, you know, kind of have those conversations with people. That's definitely huge to me. I want to get more ears more eyes on us definitely mm-hmm. maybe just maybe you know putting some things on video so they can actually see us
2: oh yeah uh, i'll tell you this if they saw me right now if you saw me right now you'd just be shaking your head Because
1: yeah, i got my hair done today so if today was if there was ever gonna be a day where i was like okay yeah turn the camera today would have been that day but
2: um, i was i'll tell you this i'm wearing a shirt at this bought and all i'm gonna say you can already guess what shirt I bought.
0: Oh I'm wearing it God. for
2: this one year anniversary because I feel like for the last, you know, like 10 episodes, if not, maybe longer, I've been repping them because we the ones.
1: Yep, there it is. We, we the
2: ones. ones. I'm definitely repping the bloodline today on the one year anniversary episode. Uh, and I just want to make sure everyone understands too, um, the, the interview that we did, uh, with Coop, uh, the host of the Big Scoop with Coop, um, we did previously record it, um, so that's why we're mentioned. We're referring to it, um, and we're definitely gonna, we're gonna get to playing that in just a few sec, uh, just a few minutes. Um, but just some of the things that I I I wanna uh, bring for the next year, um, I wanna bring more segments to the show. Yeah. So we have the quick shits. Um, and then we always go to like main topics, but I want to add some more stuff, um, more segments, you know, and not segments that we do every episode, just a segment, you know, even if we skip episodes with it and stuff like that, just to bring some more diversity to it. Um, I think one of the cool things and shout out to y'all boy Jay again, um, because he even said, yo, that over the, over the rope that he says it, that he says in the theme song. You know, we should do like something with that. So I want to bring a, a, a segment called Over the Rope. And I, I'm i thinking maybe it could be something where we like, we look on like Twitter or just online in general and be like, we can find comments or things that people are saying that went over the line, whether it be over the line stupid or over the line just, just wrong in general. Or like, I don't know. I was just doing some brainstorming before I hopped on like this is
1: an opportunity to get you a rant. <laughs>
2: exactly yeah because i saw some stupid shit on facebook earlier today you don't even want to you don't even want to know what i saw um we can go a whole episode on that so i'm not gonna bring it up but i i just want to bring s- different segments of thing you mentioned the guests i want to do that um have more guests on the show um and i just want to i've always said this and i did i did get better with it But i want to get even better um and that's just having a more having more say on social media i want to continuously be up there i want people to be hitting me up on social media because of you know something came out they want to hear my opinion or if they don't want to hear it i'm gonna make them hear it um i want to be on social media more i want to reach out to people people i don't know to to wrestlers to to anyone i want to start I want to make sure my voice is heard um you know not only on this show but on twitter on facebook on instagram and stuff like that that is something i definitely want to bring to the table for the next year um and the years you know going forward um i think that's definitely um the right way to go and i think today's episode with our our guests is the very first step And it's going to lead to very big things. Um, Like I said, I gave Sasha a task. And once she completes that, I think that's going to be step two. Um, I'm actually going to an indie show tomorrow. And that's going to hopefully lead to step three and four. So we got moves for you people. We got moves that we're trying to do to make this show you know better, and to just put ourselves even more in the limelight than we already are, because we're already the, one of the fastest-growing wrestling podcasts in the world. You know the numbers don't lie; that's a straight fact, and that's just the way it is. So I, I can't, I can't wait. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. It is that time that we get to the interview with our our first big interview uh this was a very special thing to do and i almost like honestly after the interview i almost had a tear in my eye because um, i was just so happy after it i thought it was so great and i can't wait for you guys to hear it um sasha any last things before i play the interview
1: no i i hope everybody likes it i loved it um it was like i said i wasn't sure because it was like our first official interview uh, i know i interviewed my husband but i mean he'll be okay this is like the big one though <laughs> um it felt like a conversation it felt like three people who have a common love for wrestling just talking about it and just getting you know i didn't know Coop before i only knew him through what you said i had never talked to him before and it was an experience that I definitely took more out of than I thought I would, and I really hope that our audience feels the same way. Um, we can—we always say like, there's a lot of crazy shit that happens in wrestling. It's frustrating. It's, it's this and that, but I think conversations like these can remind you like why we love this crazy, this crazy thing called professional wrestling. You know because when you get deep into it and you you start talking and you realize like man how much you love it and even him talking about his podcast his podcast is not all wrestling obviously not like ours but within this this platform that we have you know we were able to have some talks about you know betting on yourself stepping out there you know just taking risks and again this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't us getting together to talk about wrestling so i i loved the interview um i was nervous but at the end it was totally worth it and probably one of my favorite episodes we've done so far because of what it means because this literally this whole thing and we talked about it in the interview this thing started with a meme
0: <laughs> a
1: <little laughs> random meme and here we are so
0: yeah all right guys
2: that that is uh i second everything you just said it, it really just starts from our beginnings and we get to it, it's funny the way it ends too because it, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's funny <laughs> we, we we went longer than we thought because it's something <laughs> i had to of course go on a rant so <laughs> i'm sorry uh, but but you guys i can't wait for you guys to listen to it we're about to play it right now but uh i hope you guys enjoy it uh Thank you guys. The one year anniversary, our first interview with the big with coop, Mr. Michael Cooper, here it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. We have our very first guest on the daddy Fino show. This is the one year anniversary show and isn't a true honor to have our first guest, he is the host of the big scoop with coop ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Michael Cooper, aka Coop. Coop,
3: welcome to the show. How you doing, thank my brother? You. Thank you, thank you, thank you, people. What is going on, people? Everything's good. Um sitting here relaxing, ready to talk some of everything with both of you guys. Um happy one year anniversary. Let me gonna start it. it off right there. Um you. you guys are doing big things, of course, of course. Sasha, you keeping Fino in check. Um, thank you for doing that also so we can make sure we had to be a 20-year anniversary soon. Wait.
1: God God knows it's a hard job, but I appreciate
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not that bad, people. I'm not
2: that bad. It, well, okay, maybe on, on Dave Meltzer, but other than him, you know, I, I'm pretty mm. good. I'm more, you know, I'm a, I, I've am a. learned to calm myself down. You know, when you have the unofficial mm. official drink of, Terramana with you sometimes you know it, it's a nice calmer it's a nice drink yo shout out to dwayne right there shout out to dwayne all right all right but sasha i told you i wanted you to take the lead on this one because me and Coop go sasha? way back so sasha let's start this interview right
1: go kill it let's go Right into the deep end. All right, thank you. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for being on our show, Coop. I mean, Pino has told me such amazing things about you and your show, but I did want to start off, you know, you're on our, we're on our podcast. You have your own show, The Big Scoop with Coop, and you've been doing it for quite a while. And I guess my first question to you would be, I mean, what, what was the the show that inspired you to start your podcast? You know, there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. But what was the one or maybe more than one that inspired you to say, you know what, I'm going to pick up a mic and I'm going to do it.
3: I'm glad you asked that, Sasha. I'm going to tell you a true story how this actually worked. Um, back in 2013, 2014, I was sitting at home and I was bored. And um, there's a well-known person that I think all of you have heard of. His name is Steve Hardy. So um, at the time, and he still does. Steve Harvey has a morning show that's on the radio. He also, at the time, he had a show on Fox at five o'clock in the evening that was called The Steve Harvey Show that was on TV. So I was sitting there watching and no lie, Sasha, I said, this dude is getting paid just to talk. I was like, I, I can, can do that. that. I was like, damn it. So what I did was I went outside and my next door neighbor was outside. And I went up to him and I was like, I'm gonna start a show. Just like that. I was bored and I just went out there and said it. He looked at me like I was crazy. He was like, okay. And then I went right back in the house and I said, I don't have a name for a show. And I don't know what my show will be about. So why in the hell am I just gonna tell somebody I'm gonna start a show? <laughs> so I, I sat there and I thought about it. Now, I will tell you guys something that nobody knows right now because people have asked me this question before. Now, you guys know this wrestler also named Scott Hall. Mm. AKA Razor Ramon. He had a show on, he had a show on YouTube called The Last Call with Scott Hall. I said, wow, he got the thing rhyming. I said, let me try something like that. And I sat there and thought, and I said, wait a minute, the big scoop with Coop. So I was like, okay, I have a name for the show. Who in the head is going to be on my show and what do we gonna talk about? So I just came fresh off of a movie, off of an um, a indie movie that I did. It was my very first movie um, back in 2014. I said, let me interview the film director. So I interviewed him for my very first episode. And then the second episode and third episode, I interviewed some of the actors and actresses on the show. So, um, and this is what's gonna kill me right here because people are hearing this worldwide. So, I reached out to a publicist in California. I've only done three shows at the time. And I talked to that lady and I told, I made it sound like I've been doing this for 15 years. She didn't do no, um, she didn't do no research on me. I was like, yeah, I've been doing this show, blah, 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 blah. And next thing I know, she was like, okay, I'm gonna give you the um, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some people. So they sent me the lowest people. And um I interviewed them, killed it, and then that's how the magic started for more people in Hollywood and everything to come. And that's how other people started coming into the show. And then next thing I know, three episodes turned to nine seasons later.
0: Wow. And that's how
3: you got the disco coup Yep.
2: He he used that some of that wrestling background. Everybody. He used that wrestling <laughs> yes. back to sell it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Doing that
1: promo yeah. work, I got you. <laughs> yeah, I had to. Teach. I had I to. Teach. Teach. Yeah, I think it's cool that you actually, you know, you went, you got up, and you went and told somebody. I think it's different when you actually can say it out loud. You know, even though your neighbor probably thought, "Like, what are you talking about?" You put it out there in the universe. Now you feel like you had to make good on it. So that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, nine seasons. I mean, we're come. We're celebrating our first year. What are some of the things that you feel like you have? learned as an interviewer over the last nine years because like you said you started from just watching steve harvey on your couch and now you are known worldwide you have your, your podcast you have your youtube channel you're doing big things like what do you think is the most valuable thing that you've learned over these nine seasons
3: networking is one of your best friends in the whole world and keeping good connections with people um and also staying humble so the thing is you see like for example um your your partner in crime sasha Fino, this dude right here if he feel like he gets something right about wrestling you're not going to hear the end of it you're not let a prediction come true let a prediction come true
1: i mean according to our our prediction thing i mean i'm winning so but i I see
0: what you mean
2: Okay. I got. Look, I got one more show to shut that down, and it's it's gonna happen. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna come back. Okay, I got cheated. All right, I got cheated, and that's a long story. I'll let you continue. But I got cheated. Let's just say that.
3: Call it what you will. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I, I guess he he got the little '97 Survivor Series happening to him. He yeah, screwed, exactly.
2: Man. I got screwed. Okay. I'm, I'm Bret Hart right here. I'm trust me. Um, okay. Huh. Okay. Mm. So, so you calling
3: Sasha Hbk?
2: Yeah, it was, it was an inside job.
0: Or, it or, was definitely or
3: or she bits. No, she no, she's, she's she's she's
2: she's definitely Hbk because she acting like she didn't know she don't know about it, but she know. Oh. She didn't plan it, but she okay. know. It's cool I'll though. Out, oh,
1: I'll mm. do with you later, Coop. Let's get back to. You. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So, I got you during being, the
3: questions. I got you. <laughs> so, being So networking and being humble. I will let you guys know if you use those two things, your shows are going to last forever. Um, when you network with other people and you learn them and you stay in contact off and on with them, um, they can open a lot of doors, um, a lot of opportunities. Also being humble for every show that you've done and be grateful for what you've done. That right there would show the humble side and have other people want to come to you and work with you. So I could never be the I could never be the big headed person to say, "Guess who I had on my show?" Blah 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 blah. I know him, and I and you don't know him. I can't right. do that because what you have to realize is the people that's been on your show, if they're multimillionaires or they're so famous, and blah blah blah. That don't make you famous or multimillionaire because you know the person. So you you got to stay humble. And that's what opens more doors. And also, like I said, the network. And the networking's got it. The networking is big. Don't think that you have to have a very big name on every episode because things can happen because you don't know who knows who. And it's a chain reaction. So those are the two big things I got off of it. Love interviewing. Love hearing what people telling their story. Um, Also networking and staying humble.
2: Uh, I could definitely speak to that because he he's been telling me that forever. I mean, just I don't know how many times he, he would tell me that, like, make sure you, you do this and you do that and you like staying on top of me. Like I when I told you, Coop has been like a mentor to me. He was really like the reason why, like, I changed things up from my original show to make it more of what it is today it's because of just a lot of the lessons he taught me a lot of his past um experiences now i'm using that in what we have today and uh networking was definitely like his top that i felt like that was like the number one thing he he tried to drive into my head and i'm working on it so
0: that, uh, well, i mean
1: with with that being said about the networking first introverts like somebody like me like what would you what kind of advice would you give for them because you know networking obviously is a huge thing but sometimes it's not easy for people to talk to other people even if you are you know in the business of interviewing or entertainment period Mm -hmm. you know sometimes it is harder to kind of reach out so what kind of advice would you give because i i don't know about this networking thing like that kind of scares me so i
3: will tell you straight up so let me ask you a question sasha so i want to answer your question with a question when you was in school i don't care if it was kindergarten first grade fifth grade 10th grade 12th grade when you was new to a class and you saw people in your class how did you start conversation or how did you um get friends or associates in school
1: you know i'm probably the worst person to ask that because that is i was literally known as the quiet girl i did not talk to people <laughs> I... you, you may
3: not have but you had one or two people that you laughed
1: and you smiled and you said hey what's up yeah i mean i was good for you know making i literally have like two really good friends one from middle school and one from Mm -hmm. high school and i honestly don't even remember i think we were in class and we laughed at the same joke and then it was just like oh hey we're best friends and 20 years later we're best friends so but i mean yeah we just kind of maybe laughed and looked up at the same time and we were like oh or you know, we were freshmen and sophomores with underclassmen, and we just had to stick together. But other than right. that, not just a quiet kid. So.
2: Yeah, and yeah. see, oh, I was just gonna say. I mean, I, I I don't even remember how me and Coop became friends, but I do remember something. Someone said something about wrestling. I just know that, yeah. and it was just mm-hmm. I heard that just a word. I don't know what it was, the exact word, but I heard it. I joined in and boom. So like, it it was just finding that something that you can relate to, for me at least, that that's where it opened
3: that door. Right. And that's true. That's true about me and Fino. That's very true. Um, And it's been going strong ever since. But to answer your question, Sasha, um, what you did in school was networking. You see, it, it may seem scary now doing it that way now as an adult, but believe it or not, if you just walk up a uh, simple hello, tell them who you are, and tell them about the show or whatever you're doing, and trust me, that's going to spark some type of conversation. And that conversation you never know is going to lead to. So you don't have to come in and, and, and pull a pheno. You, you just heard how his intro was. <laughs> I ain't saying come in doing cartwheels. Just walk up, settle. Hello, um, my name is Sasha. Blah blah blah, and and just go that route. Cause I'm telling you, even for an introvert, if you if you just introduce yourself and you show your side of who you are, I promise you, there's if it's out of a hundred people, at least ten of them out of a hundred is going to be like I can get down with her. I know somebody's doing something that she's doing, or I know somebody be a perfect fit for her. For doing X, Y, Z. So try just a subtle introduction to yourself. Introduce yourself. Tell them what your interests are. Him or her, what your interests are. If it's business, personal pleasure, whatever. Just just do it that way. And trust me, that's what's going to actually spark it. Because like like Fino said, he heard one word wrestling, and look at us now. I'm on the one year anniversary show. So I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm telling you, it'll work for you, Sasha. Because I, the person you arm and the personality you have—just watch. I'm trying to tell you, don't don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt yourself. I guarantee you can pull it off.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and I think that even comes into because, you know, you and you and I—you know, like we never really talked before the show. Like we were part of John. You know, shout out to John Canton on his page, but like we never even. Mm-hmm. Like, had a personal conversation. I think I had posted something about it said, you know, sis, start the podcast. And then you messaged me. And then one year later, yeah. here we are. So I got a I funny
2: mean, story about that. And it's cool because Coop is here because Coop is the, he's a part of the story. Oh, so,
1: oh, so it's like an exclusive, like, I don't think, do I not know the story?
2: I don't know. You might. I don't know if you know or not. Know. So I remember you posting that. And I think I was standing. I was standing in front of coop at work actually, when I saw it, we were in, we were actually on the, the concrete aisle <laughs> and I saw that and I was talk, we were just talking about what, what I should do for the show. Cause I told him I wanted to change the show up because originally this was a sports show and I just, as much as I love sports, I wanted to attack one particular area. And honestly, Everything's been done. You know, obviously there's football shows, there's basketball shows, there's all that. But yes, there's wrestling shows, but I wanted to be, that's my like one of my number one passions, you know, is wrestling. So I was like, all right, I got to, I want to do wrestling. I want to focus on wrestling. I can talk about that all day. You know, I want this. So Coop was like, you know, trying to figure out ways for me to, you know, change it up. And I was like, Yo, I need a I need a, a a co-host because I can talk all day, but I'm, I'm gonna need somebody like, you know, to just to just be my other person because I gotta talk to somebody. I can't just talk. I'm gonna just I'm gonna hate it if I do it. So in my mind, I was trying to convince Coop to join. <laughs> I was trying to get Coop, but then I was like, no. Coop, in my head, I'm like, nah. Coop is not gonna do this koop has got you got his own thing I got to do my thing so I need a co-host who can I get who can I get I saw your post and it hit me automatically boom Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try and this is going back to that network thing because I just finished having a conversation with Koop about networking and changing the show I was like you know what what a part like this is it's one of the things i forgot what interview i watched oh no it was actually uh, john the coachman he had just spoke about how sometimes you just need luck and you know for your career to really get going everyone needs luck something lucky needs to happen and mm-hmm. i just happened to got lucky and saw your post and i just sent the message <laughs> I, I remember that and right there, and I told him, I was like, yo, I took this chance. I don't know if it's going to work. I'm going to do a little trial run with her. We'll, we'll do like a little trial episode. And he said, all right, just let me know. We did it like, I think a week later. And I I was like, I ran to him after I was like, yo, I got the one.
3: I got the one. <laughs> this is I, it. I remember <laughs> that he, he's and, not lying Sasha. Cause I told him <laughs> to have faith in you. I said, I have faith in it. It's going to happen. Watch. It'll work,
2: yo. Don't remember that. That mm-hmm. was that was crazy, and it was just like, I mean, it's it's just taking that step, you know. And that's something I got to do with just everything, you know, everything with the show. Sometimes you just got to take a chance. Sometimes you got to say what people don't like to hear. Sometimes you got to say what people want to sure. hear. You know, that's why on Twitter, you'll see both sides of me. You'll see me being nice, and then some days you may see me attack Tony Khan. But look, mm-hmm. it worked out for both of us. He, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it worked out for me. Jay Cargill's defending the title on TBS now.
1: Like, I'm just, just saying, say that. like you're totally taking credit for Jay. <laughs> yes, he's I been be not believe it, it, Sasha. He's been yelling it. He have he's oh, been God. yelling this.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm just, just, I'm just saying,
2: it's it's that. It, it, you just gotta sometimes you just gotta take a chance. And sometimes you got to just put it out there. You can get that yes, you can get the no, you can get denied, you may even get ignored. But, yeah, we got to put ourselves out there more. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. we'll gain... I mean, we got a two weeks... No, what was it? Yeah, about two, three weeks ago, we got that huge jump in numbers. Yeah. Don't know where it came from. Don't know what started it. I don't care. It happened. It happened. Now we gotta. Now we got to so just okay. keep going on and... You know, it's just like when, uh, you remember when, um, the other day you, you said you, we got like two likes from people you didn't know. And what did I tell you? Tell, tell Coop what I told you to do.
1: Send them messages, personal messages, thanking them and encourage them to listen to the show. And we got a nice. lot, like, we have a lot of Twitter. Like, I actually got an email from Twitter and I was like, why is Twitter emailing me? But it's been a jump. And I didn't even, as you were talking, I didn't even realize, like, we started there was a networking thing you know from the dream and the concrete mm-hmm. aisle to here so i mean it's, it's i guess crazy. these things happen and you don't even realize it like you're just you're scared of something and then you look back and you're like oh you do that because you already right done out.
3: it yeah uh, right right and, and true story about this this is how um and see i'm not sure if you even remembers this but when when me and Fino first met, yes, we were talking about wrestling. I thought about it in my head how our conversation extended because I told him that I knew R-Truth. Oh, and, um, that's right. Yeah, I pulled out, yep, I pulled out my phone and I showed him his phone number in my phone. And then we just started going more in depth with um, talking about wrestling. And that's how that built up even more. So, yeah, Sasha, you got, you jump out there. You never know what's going to happen. That's how I met, you know, the um, UFC and um, TNA Hall of Famer, Ken Chevrolet, and um, Jonathan Coachman, R-Truth, and who else have I met um, in the wrestling scene? Um, Gosh, nine seasons. And the people I know, I have to go through my phone to see the people I know. I haven't even brought them on the show yet. Yeah, I know one. one. I know one. (laughs) Let's let's just say. Let's just
2: say uh we're the ones. That's all oh, I'm saying. You were just uh, looking for a
0: reason
1: to say that. Uh, okay. All I'm say is we the ones. <laughs> no. Yeah. <this> is... <clears throat> yeah. You see what I gotta do with every episode? Yeah, I'm just saying. You
0: have to
3: slide that in there. See? Look, yep. I, I'm just saying. I I I have a big scoop. I'm just saying. I know something. <laughs> That's
1: I'm
0: let's saying. go back to coop,
1: man. Okay, <laughs> you and your scoops. Go. Let's go back. <laughs> okay so you said you, you know you and Fino bonded over wrestling so i mean let's let's talk wrestling you know okay where all okay. three of us are clearly big wrestling fans and just quick insight like how did you get into wrestling like what what is your story we all have one what is your right i'm a wrestling well, fan see, story
3: mine mine's gonna tell my age and that's what sucks about it but it started back in
0: 1988
3: um <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's until my age. So I remember watching on television, you only in, in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, there was three things you can watch when it deals with wrestling. And that was WWF, NWA, and the USWA Those were the three that were shown on television at the time. Um so I started and gosh this is gonna make me sound even older and Fino I don't need your comment after I say this the golden era of wrestling is when I start watching wrestling jeez that, that's a long time ago the Hogan's Warriors Junkyard Dogs um, Roddy Piper's Big Boss Man um, NWA side you you know the Four Horsemen um, Steen when he was young Lex Luger I mean I can keep naming um this is crazy, man, thinking back on that. So I was excited of what I saw in the ring because at the time, I did not know it was a stage deal. Yeah, okay. I know that's a bad word to say in wrestling. But still, um, I, I was intrigued on what I saw. Um, I remember Earthquake. Y- y'all remember Earthquake and Typhoon?
2: Yep. Uh, yes. Y'all
3: heard those names? Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember them coming out, jumping Hogan. They, they were... They, I was amazed about that. Hogan getting up from all of that beat down and shaking and walking around shaking around with his arms and beat down both of them. Um, Warrior coming out to the music. I mean that intrigued me and that had me going um, from 88 to 2019 or 20. I don't want to talk about that era. Oh my gosh. But I know it's going to come up anyway. Thunderdome era killed me. But anyway um but anyway, um, that's how my love went to it, and I was more of a WCW fan. Oh. I was watching WWF at the time, but I was a big WCW fan um, until 99. 99, when they changed the symbol of WCW, and when um, help me out, y'all, too. Um, what's what's my man name that, that jumped ship from um, WWE to work that state? Russo. That's Russo. Russo. Oh, yeah, Vince yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. When Russo jumped over to WCW, he killed it. Uh, and not, I, not everything in good was way, on the pole. In a bad way. In a bad Yes, yes. Hang, hang your bra on the pole so you can brush your teeth <laughs> with it, match. I mean, you you had so many crazy mess going on. I was like, okay, now I'm ready to watch the Austin era. But I was watching then also. I was keeping up with both brands. Um, but I, I was leaning towards WCW until that late 98, early 99 and the vaccination was there all the time so that's my quick i know y'all got quick shits but that's my quick story
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice plug nice plug <laughs> Very
0: good. Very good.
1: Mm. so i mean you started in 88 and fino is going to continue to keep his comments to himself yes because...
2: no no i, I i'm not going to comment and stuff i wasn't even born yet you know <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, so he had to slide one in. You see, yeah. <laughs> wow. And see, I'm, I'm actually in. older
1: than Fino, so that's why I I get that. Like he he reminds me every so often that I am indeed older than him. But yeah, wow, so was,
0: cheap I, shot.
1: I I know, right? No, but his shit. But okay. Um, as a WCW fan, you know, I watched. I came up watching just WWF and WWE. I have only I only know about WCW from like a lot of the documentaries and everything. So, I mean, what was it about WCW that just attracted you until 99? For somebody who, maybe like me, who only really knows WWE. Well,
3: see, with WCW, you guys know that was based out of Georgia. So, okay. that was our region of wrestling. Um, the the storylines that was going on, um, the Four Horsemen, I, I didn't see that type of factions. Factions kind of drew me in on WCW side. I was like, these people are teaming up together. Um, and they're a group. They're like a clique. Um, big shout out to the clique. Yep. But anyway, <laughs> um, there was like there was like a clique and they they ran WCW wild. Um, Sting, believe it or not, to this day, if you told me to name my top ten list of wrestler wrestlers, Sting is still in my top three. Believe it or not. Uh, I have always been a little Stinger. Um he drew me in with the face paint the surface thing. He, I, I love what he did. Um, Flair, the flamboyant one. Uh, then you had the monsters like Sid Vicious. Um, then you had the country boys like Barry Windham and Art Anderson and all them guys. So, I mean, Art Anderson won the country one, but anyway, Barry Windham was, but still, um, it was the story behind WCW um, that was going on at the time that drew me in. Um, WWF. And you guys have to admit this, you know, going from '88, let's go all the way up to about '93. It, it was, it was like the cartoonish era
0: for the, yeah. you know, doing the clown,
3: all of that. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was too many gimmicks. Um, WCW had their gimmicks, but it was like a overhaul of gimmicks in WWF at that time. Until they said, okay, we're going to start Monday Night Raw. And that's when the game changed for WWE. Right there. That's when it changed. Um, You you had HBK when he was the IC champ. When he was coming out with um, Sherry at the time. Um, I love the flamboyant side of that. And I know you asked me, um, Sasha, about WCW, but when you talk about wrestling, I got to mix it in all together. So I'm about to make a big old pot of ugly right now. That's what I'm about to
0: do. You You love it.
3: Yeah. So, um... WCW was on my mind. I had the action figures. I mean, I had the complete collection when it came out at the time. Um, I only had two WWF action figures at the time. So um, it it was just being in North Carolina, kids at school, they were watching more WCW than WWF that I went to school with. And that's how it kind of drew me in, learning more about the stories
0: that way. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, since you started, you know, you said the golden age of wrestling, let's kind of go to... I guess current times, like to you, what's the biggest difference between back then? I mean, clearly the athleticism is a lot different. It's a lot faster. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like Mm -hmm. in comparison to football, you know, it's just a lot faster um, athletically. But like, besides that, what's the biggest difference to you from then to now as a fan watching?
3: This this could could sound crazy saying this about wrestling, but it's the realism of it and what I mean by that is the character itself they they went from the what you going to do brother to Roman Reigns coming out being like he seemed like that's who he is in real life you know what I'm saying the characters are showing their own persona and and that's what I like about it um also the the matches are more I, I love the high flying um I love the technical side of it um that that's still kind of the same to a certain extent, but I, I love how the realism plays in. It seems like you saying you can say, you know what, I can get down with that dude. I, I, I like I like what this guy doing. I like what she's doing. I see why she is this person. You know that that's what I love about current wrestling, current day wrestling. Um, you don't have the clowns. You don't have the people dressed up like the Mountie and Bit Boss Man, RIP. Um, you know, it's just yeah, so you just have, um, you have the. It seemed like they said, Bent said, You know what, guys, be yourself, go out there and be yourself. You don't need to dress up, um, you might dress up as a shark, you don't have to dress up as a clown, do what you do out there, and that's what I like about it. Current day wrestling, um, and believe it or not, this is a good time for wrestling, this is a very good time for wrestling. Um. Yeah, it, it is. Um. How, how many days away are we for Mania?
1: Oh, we... we're less than thirty. We have like three weeks left, I believe.
2: Yeah, three weeks. Exactly three weeks. Yeah.
3: So we have three weeks for Mania. Now, mm-hmm. um, one of the biggest matches, and one of the most important matches in the last ten years, is about to happen at Mania. The unification for the titles: Roman versus Brock.
2: We the ones.
3: <clears throat> this match, this match is bringing it back to 2003, believe it or not. Do you guys remember Jericho and Triple H? Yep. They had the unification match. This right man. here. Yep. Uh, what was it? Was it 19? 18. 18. 18. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's bringing it back to the because that's going to be an important thing. Because whoever the champion is, you will see this champion jumping from brand to brand, defending the title. So now you will see more fresher storylines. That's gonna make it more intriguing to watch now. So it's not gonna be the okay, we know who the champion is on Friday. They only go fight these certain 10 people, and this champion is gonna fight these 10 people on Raw, and the champions will fight these people, 10 people on SmackDown. And now we got to watch the same storylines over and over again, getting rehashed and rotated. Now you can see the whole roster coming through, and you never know who's going to jump ship from NXT to come over. So it's like now you're, you're having more of a refresh way quicker. So Sasha, let me ask you a question. What are you looking for the most at Mania this year? Quite
1: honestly, I want to see oh man, I'm trying to think. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing... I'm not actually against seeing Brock and Roman again because I really loved their match at WrestleMania 31. I know they've had several matches since then, but I I can appreciate where their characters have evolved since then. So I'm pretty excited about that. And also Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. I'm a big Bianca Belair fan. When I saw her, I was like, that girl is a star. She was still in NXT and... You can tell she still hadn't quite found herself yet but when she did she was on from there so those are just you know some of the ones i'm looking forward to i'm curious about stone Cold and KO. i'm not saying i'm mm. fully bought in yet but i'm curious mm. and i know Fino's like whoa why aren't you more excited but
2: i'm about to go i'm about to open that can
3: <clears throat> but,
2: but you let me, know let what
1: me, let me defend myself you know before you open the can on me if you'll give me a moment I, i'm just a big fan of if something is i understand stone cold you know he it wasn't a big to-do made about when he finished but to me his send-off at 19 i felt like that was a good send-off there was no big fanfare it was the trilogy with him in the rock he just sort you of know, that kind of guy who would just ride off into the sunset yeah physically mentally maybe he wasn't where he wanted to be but i just feel like it would be nice every once in a while for someone to say okay I'm done and kind of stayed, but I mean, he's still a storm call. I'm still gonna watch, and I'm probably gonna scream my head off because he's from Texas and I'm from Texas. So, yeah.
3: <laughs> right. And now, before you open up that camp, you know, what are you looking forward to the most, and maybe?
1: Well,
2: <laughs> I'll join the party. Of course, I'm definitely gonna be hyped up for Roman and Brock. Um, I mean, how can you not love what Roman Reigns is doing? I mean, just just dominating in, in his character. Uh, just love his whole heel run, his whole just just the bloodline in general. Love them all. Um, gotta love Paul Heyman, uh, and then Brock. You know, Brock is being like true Brock, like himself. He's not. He's not a. He's talking more. He's he's just being a character, but it's a character that we love because we know this is a genuine thing. It's going back to what you said, it's more real. Um, mm-hmm so that's definitely and then now for sure Edge and AJ that's one that I called back I think in January I was talking about that match happening and it's finally going to happen I mean that that's a dream match for me and now I'm finally getting heel Edge which is what I've wanted to see since the beginning of his of return uh, I know it couldn't happen in the beginning because you know everyone's going to cheer him and stuff like that but right. You know, I'm finally getting the true rated R superstar. Uh, And then AJ Styles is, they're building him back up to be the AJ Styles that came into the company dominating, you know, where he's actually a star. Um, Which he, I mean, don't get me wrong. You look at his WrestleMania opponents. They're A-list guys every year. Like he's facing the best of the best every year at WrestleMania. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the last couple of WrestleManias, he was more in the background. Yeah. um where now to me he's in one of the top three matches at wrestlemania um i think it's happening on night two so that's just that alone uh those two matches for sure um i'm trying to think and then yeah austin I, i'm always happy to see austin at wrestlemania i don't care he could just talk you don't have to i just want to see a stunner and that's it like that's all i hear the beer badge and that's it i don't even need to have him have a match if he wants to have it have it i'm down for it but at the same time i understand you know if he doesn't want to do that that's cool just give me my wrestlemania moment i mean every austin wrestlemania moment where he's came back since he retired has been awesome you know one of my favorite moments of all time was um what was it? Was the one WrestleMania 30 when it was him, Hogan, and Rock in the ring oh, to yeah. open the show?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that I was there actually. It was. They could have stopped the show. After yeah, they really yeah, could have. Just... <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was the it was electricity. Like I just, I think we were driving in that evening or something, and I think I had read The Rock may or may not have been in there, so it was still like genuinely a surprise when he showed up. But it was pretty amazing.
2: Like that. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. The one where he um. I can't remember which WrestleMania this was, but it was the one where it was him, Foley, and HBK came out and they stunned the oh, New yeah. Day. That
3: was 32. What's that? 32. Okay,
2: see, two. like that was awesome. So I, as long as I see a stunner at a Mania, I'm happy, I'm good, bring it on. That, I mean, <laughs> I, and oh, then I, just I'm... one last thing, I'm sorry. I just, and of course, for me, me personally, Pat McAfee. i I just uh, my boy pat i gotta he he about to steal the show that's all i'm saying
1: what do you think about pat mack because i mean he's technically you know he's an announcer he's a broadcast journalist if you will being involved in the show like what do you think about him well okay so i'm happy
3: that he has a spot in mania um i'm happy for him um I did not, and I caught the tail end of the Adam Cole McAfee view to NXT. So mm-hmm. I'm not too familiar about his in-ring ability, but I did see a video um, what happened last week on SmackDown or um, what shows when the show airs a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown where they show um, McAfee jumping up on um, Austin Theory and smash his head through the arm. Um, when, when he jumped off the announce table,
1: yeah. yeah, that was Friday. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah Friday. So um I, I enjoyed seeing it. I said, okay, he's got he's got the anger in him to have it a match. So we know going into this match, that that one segment right there told me one thing. This is not going to be a wrestling match. This will going to be a fight. And that's a good thing. That is a very good thing. You're not worried about no headlocks, you're not worried about no dropkick. What's going to happen is McAfee is going to come in there and he's going to just start trying to swing and take the dude down. Um, I so having it with Austin awesome Theory, I think that's probably the best thing to do for McAfee right now because we all have to agree, McAfee is not a seasoned wrestler. You know what I'm saying? He's not a, a person say, "Oh, this is a WWE superstar slash wrestler."
0: Right? He
3: he's yeah. commentary. He's coming in. I'm glad we're not getting a Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler type match. But we're getting, yeah, yeah, exactly. But we're getting a match where you're going to be like, okay, what is these two guys going to do in the ring? Is McAfee going to bring in a chair and just hit the dude? What what is he going to do? Is, Is Austin going to torture this guy? And then he's going to get this last minute comeback and come back and win it. So it's going to be interesting to see McAfee's reaction off of it. That that's the interesting part about that. but I I have to say this Sasha, you know, also um, I, I will come back to McAfee, but I was giggling earlier when you guys was talking about WrestleMania 32. So I just had the mental picture in my head when um, Xavier was doing that two-step
1: <laughs> the <laughs> two step King, in the ring, yeah, rain.
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we're doing the carpet, and then Xavier oh. did that turn in the ring, and Austin <laughs> did it too. <laughs>
0: <And, Yeah>. Yep. <laughs>
3: Man, that is the funniest thing. I'm sorry, but y'all put that in my head. Y'all really put that in my head.
2: And Xavier sold it so well. He flew up like ten. He did like the Sky
3: Hall thing. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And get well soon,
2: Sky Hall. By the way.
3: Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. I heard about the heart attack. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But Um, yeah, that that's
2: uh, yeah. Oh man, that was hilarious.
3: That that was. Now I know you two are the hosts of this show, but can I ask both of you one question? Of course. Yeah. Okay, because you guys brought up a re- uh, a superstar that I want to hear both of y'all opinions about. And that was Edge. Okay. Now, so we're, we know Edge is went heel, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. What do you think is better? 2022 heel edge or 06 I'm a dick heel edge? Which one?
2: Which one? Uh, oh, go ahead, Sasha.
1: I would say... 2006, I'm a dick edge because it seemed like he had a lot to prove. Like, I remember when he first broke apart from Christian, you know, he was always pointed to be the star, the one. And even though he had a pretty good run, you know, and he was, you know, those bangers with Kurt Angle teaming with Rey Mysterio. Um, but it seemed like the switch finally clicked in 2006 with him. And it seemed like, you know, they took the the Matt Hardy Lita angle and he really just as uncomfortable as it was, he really dug in and I felt like he found himself as a performer. You know, he seemed hungry or he seemed to really not give a shit. He was just like, I'm gonna I wanna be the best. I'm gonna take this. And you could see that hunger because I remember reading his book and he was talking about, you know, how he wanted to be WWE champion, you know, he was he was voted in high school most likely to be WWE champion. And I just felt like that was his best. Like, I, I appreciate 2022 Edge, but, and I, I'm anxious to see what he's going to do because, you know, like I said, he would had all that time off and he's proven he's a consummate professional, but without 2006 Edge, I mean, we wouldn't really have 2022 Edge. It wouldn't be the same. Like, I felt like he needed that. And that was, I felt like the ladder matches and everything beforehand was amazing, but... 2006 and on edge really cemented him as the hall of famer he is now so that's just me
2: so for me it's definitely today's heel edge um and the reason for that is because of his experience he knows so he's been there done that already name it he's done it but now you got a, a seasoned edge who now he can use all his past experiences, everything that's happened over the last few years, you know, he got cheated out of his WrestleMania match, his singles WrestleMania match, I should say, uh, when they added Daniel Bryan. they You got, um. you know, he hasn't really won. He hasn't won a title yet. And, you know, I, I, I could just see the buildup of all the anger. It's been a slow build, but it's been coming. It's been coming. And now he's finally unleashed it and edge is such a great storyteller i mean his promos are god tier like it it just it's just amazing so what he's about to bring out what he did that night monday night and just absolutely destroying aj styles was fantastic i mean that that's i am so hyped for what's about to come I don't even care if he wins or loses at Mania. I hope he does take the loss because to me, that would add even more anger to him. But oh man, I'll definitely take this edge because what he's about to do to this company, oh my, oh
3: man. Woo! I'm going to put my two cents in and then we can carry on. So, I'm torn between the two. And I will tell you why. Both of you have valid points. Both of you. Um, And both of you are correct. But deep down inside, I would love to see the 06 Edge versus today's AJ Styles. Because I believe Edge would get on AJ Styles' nerves so much, especially during promos and the lead up to the match. It'll probably mess with AJ's head. The the anger of 2022 Edge is putting a physical beating on AJ, but I think it'll be a funnier storyline seeing the 06 Edge. Well, how see, he was.
2: well, wouldn't all right. So, the reason why this Edge I think is better too is the fact that it's going to bring out the AJ that we, we really haven't seen in WWE,
3: TNA, the TNA AJ,
2: yeah, even even New Japan AJ. See, I'm not too familiar with the TNA version of AJ. I didn't watch TNA, but, yeah. I, you know, I've heard, you know, I've seen clips and stuff like that. But the New Japan AJ, I did watch. Nasty. And if you are bringing that AJ Styles to WWE, you know, now we're going to get two superstars at their angriest. One's obviously going to be the face, one's the heel. But that just means we got, you know, two big powerhouses of egos and 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 characters just crashing all at wrestlemania which is exactly what wrestlemania is for you know it's for that big clash those big dream matches you know i I go back to you know rock hogan it was similar to that where like you got the rock at his peak hogan was still nwo but the rock separated him for that so we can get that that hogan that we all loved and that's why at WrestleMania 18, which is still my favorite match of all time, you know, you got to see that Hogan in the rain versus The Rock and they just clashed and it was a beautiful, beautiful match. Maybe not, you know, on the technical abilities, you know, wrestling abilities, it wasn't all that great, but the combination of the crowd the the crowd reactions the way that the Rock who had one of the most genius ideas during in match by the way to switch to the heel role during the match and it it just it just meshed so well and I think that's exactly what's going to happen at Mania with with AJ and Edge they're just going to bring the best out of each other because. They weren't, you know, Edge wasn't, he just came back. He wasn't in anything. He wasn't feuding with anything. He had just did the thing with Miz at the Rumble and stuff like that. But, you know, he was gone for a little bit. AJ, he just left Omos, you know, so he hasn't really been doing anything, you know. But now they're on a collision course because of just one night. And I, I don't know how you anything can be better than that.
3: So, do you put that you put that WrestleMania
2: eighteen match over the WrestleMania 17 match? It's it's my I, I I'm not saying I think the from a wrestling standpoint the seventeen was better, but as far as just the uh, overall, if you put everything into it, for me personally, I just
1: love that Rock Hogan match more. Gotcha. It was really oh, unique God. as far as like the, the mo- I get what you're saying. It was really unique as far as the emotion and just how it was. I don't think anybody expected it to be like that. So I get it, what you're
2: saying. It, just the opening few minutes where they didn't even touch. Oh. Just the fact when they were just standing in the middle and they looked to the growl. rain and you growl. just hear everybody just going off. Like, yeah. that moment alone, like, I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about it. I watched it earlier and I still have the same emotions. Like, that's that's something, man. That's my favorite match, man. I mean, it's it's crazy. And you, who would have thought, for me, I would like a Hogan match, but
1: I'm not a big fan of Hogan. But, yeah, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Like mm. a quick story. Like, I remember I was watching that match live because my mom made me a deal. I could order four pay-per-views a year. So WrestleMania was obviously going to be one of them. And I was watching Hogan and Rock live. And my dad, like a 50-year-old Jamaican man, You know, he would humor me with my wrestling because, you know, having a daughter that watched wrestling as much as I did. I mean, I kind of feel like that kind of threw them for a loop. But when I tell you he was glued to the screen and, like, jumping up and down and screaming, like, I would call him more of a casual fan. He was into it. Like, he loved it. And I think that's one of the memories that I cherish with him because he was just so into it so yeah i I definitely think that's if you have a casual fan like that that's into it i i totally understand why it's your personal favorite he didn't care about work rate, he didn't care about any of that but for those few minutes that old jamaican man he was sold so i get what you're saying talking about
3: that's what i'm talking
1: about
2: i mean and it's still a shame that in main event you know i felt bad for you know you mentioned earlier the triple h jericho Mm-hmm. That, that was after it. i felt so bad for that uh because it was a good and match were
1: right after it people forget there was a triple threat match for the women's title <laughs> right
2: after oh it. Oh, oh wow That's yes,
3: right. after, i forgot
1: for about
2: it damn Well, see yeah
1: uh, wow. yeah
2: yeah way to follow <laughs> yeah. up on that one. Oh <laughs> god oh. it's just yeah that was one of the biggest mistakes vince ever made but other than that you know that yeah that just that match is so special man and it's i i'm not saying aj and edge is going to be that level but it can it's going to be a very special match like it's It's it's, more something yeah and even it's going to go beyond mania i would assume so we're going to get this you know several times but the fact that it's happening the first one at mania yeah give me that all day give me that all fucking day i take that. Like, it, it sucks it can't main event, but it's cool. Like, I'm, I'm okay with it. It could open, I don't even care. Just give me, I just want to see that match. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I think
1: that would be a good choice for an opener. If it's not that, maybe the tag match. So at least you can start and end with the bloodline. We'll see how that works out. Mm. Um, But one more thing before we start heading, you know, getting out of here. I wanted to ask you Coop about AEW. Now, I have been open on the show saying i don't watch aew as much but in the last few weeks i have made it my duty to watch aew because you know every time we talk we got to get some aew talk as a wcw fan you know coming up now seeing there's a another big dog in the yard you know with aew what are your thoughts like what are you what are your thoughts on how it's been presented and well first of all do you, do you watch AEW I should say
3: so um, I do watch AEW I'm not a every Wednesday night I gotta tune in I'm sorry Tony Khan if you're listening Um and I, I'm a fan of it don't get me wrong I'm a fan of it it's just that conflict of schedule won't allow me to watch it every week like I want to Um <laughs> my my perception on AEW is this. Everybody's forgetting that this company is still a baby. Yeah. It is still a baby. And look at the talent that is brought in from day one up to now. um I believe, and I know WWE yells out, oh, they're not competition. They're not competition. Dude, they're competition. They're, they are competition. Because a lot of the superstars in WWE when they leave, they're looking at Tony, not just because of the money. It's because also they know they're not gonna be as watered down as they are in WWE. And let's let's take, for example, um what what's my man's name? They call him Redbeard. Um Eric Oh, um, Eric Rowan? For, yeah, former yeah. Eric Rowan. Yeah, yeah. So and also look at Brody Lee. Those and, and I'm gonna be honest. Both of those were two mid-card wrestlers in WWE. Overall, not I'm not talking about inside of the, the, the Wyatt family gimmick. I'm talking about if they came out as the singles, they were mid-card. You're right. Brody Lee, when he went AEW, he had his biggest push ever. And I think I think Redbeard can do the same thing. Now you have Matt and Jeff back together. And you don't see I know, I know Sasha, that's your baby. I understand. But I'm glad to see Jeff back as the original Jeff Hardy before the face paint for right now. He's gonna come back with that face paint. He's coming hey. back. I already know that. But just the point of knowing that you can see the Hardys team up one more time and see dream matches like versus um, well, you know what's my boy's name from the league? The Young Bucks? Bucks.
2: The Young Bucks. Yes,
3: yes, yes. Seeing that, seeing that match, that that can be a dream match. Believe it or not, it can be if they present it right. Um I feel Tony Khan did right by purchasing ROH. Because, like I said to Fino earlier tonight, I believe ROH is NXT 3.0. I believe that's what it's going to turn into. I do feel it. Um, I, I think the roster, they they got that bloated roster, but now they have somewhere to take part of that bloated roster too now. So you can put them in ROH and rebuild new storylines. And also still have your Wednesday nights and have your YouTubes and... Um, shows that have the Friday nights. They still got the Friday night going on, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They do.
3: Okay. Yeah. So rampage. now you can yeah, rampage. So you can actually spread that stuff out. Um and I know ladies and gentlemen that's watching the show, y'all about to boo me right now. I don't like how punk is in AEW. Mm. So I'm gonna say thank loud, you. Loud. Um I don't um, he, he's not being utilized correctly to be truthful. Um, I believe Brian Danielson, I I am okay, you you teamed him up with Moxley, but come on, man. You you can push these characters a little bit harder. You really can. So um I, I just I, I'm not a big fan of where Punk is right now. Punk is too and and this I know this contradicting myself because in the beginning of the show I told you to be humble. But when you're in that ring, don't be humble. Do what you're supposed to do. Bring back the pump that we knew and we love. I'm not saying come out there and drop a pipe bomb every week. But what I'm trying to say is go at it like you did with um, the Boy Scout singer. Do it. Go out there. Make history all over again. This your second chance back into this business. And what are you doing? You're, you're sitting there promoting the t-shirt of you and MJF at a, t- at, a um, at a signing? Uh, really? I mean, come on, guys. They can do a little bit better than this. I'm not saying MJF is going to be one of the biggest names you want to see in the next five years in this industry. Yep. I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it right now. But um, I didn't finish watching that whole dog collar match. But I'm going to just say this. If you bring back that 2011, 2012 pump, you can set a fire in AEW. So AEW is still a baby, but I like the direction they're going, but I think they just Tony needs to look at how he's doing some of the characters and, and bring some of the people out even more. That's my opinion.
2: See, My thing with AEW is uh, and this, I guess you mentioned the bloated roster. So And you go back to when they first started to their roster now. Yeah, it's bloated. But one of the, I think one of the biggest problems that they have, too, is that they keep bringing in these names. You know, they just brought Keith Lee. They brought Jeff Hardy. Um, Swerve just got there. Uh, You know, all these names that they're bringing in. And I'm like, okay. I like that they're there. I know they're going to be themselves. But all right, well, what's going to happen to all the guys that you do have that should be getting those spots. I mean, you know, I, I look like I look at a guy like Jungle Boy. Yes, he's a tag team champion, he's done really well. You know, it, it's not like he's been hurt, but at the same time, he's not improving as far as his his stature in the company. Right. Like, yeah, he's a future star for them and stuff like that, but yo, he should have got a skyrocket, or at least be built up you know, get to that point where he can skyrocket. He, he's doing well as the tag team. And like I said, tag team champion. And, you know, the theme music is awesome. Sasha loves it, you know. My favorite
1: thing in the world right now. <laughs> you know, don't
2: get me wrong. But it's like, if he's supposed to be a pillar of the company, because they got the four pillars. It's him, MJF, uh, Darby, and... um. Who's the other one? I'm missing one. Oh, is it Hank? No, not Hank. Oh, Sammy Gravar. Those four are the the pillars. Well, to me, out of the four pillars, Jungle Boy's getting, like, the shit out of the stick right now, in my opinion. He's still having a good run, but it's not... He's not featured, to me, more like a a future star. And I, I, I just feel that all these other names... When you got Daniel Bryan he's gonna always be that name to me um CM Punk you you know all these guys they're gonna Chris Jericho still Eddie Kingston all these guys they're gonna still be around for the next five years for sure so what do I gotta wait five years to after they're gone for a guy like Jungle Boy to be the face of your company or to be one of the faces of your company like that's what I'm worried about you know Sammy Guevara just lost the TNT title okay well, what does he do now? Does he just, he's going to fight American top team? The uh, American top team is not even uh, on top of their own fucking, you know, their thing. They just got their ass kicked on Saturday night. So it's like, you know, they're not, they're not big time anymore. American top team is trash. The they're, they're number one guy is with all just got destroyed. So it's like. I, I, I need something. I, I need these pillars to to actually do something. But again, and like just, Coop said, I mean it's,
1: it's still there's there's still a baby. It's been like what two, three years. It, it's been
2: thing? three years. And yes, I get they're a baby. I okay, cool. It's time to grow up. You're saying you're big you time, you're saying you're the at
1: the same time. Like you're you saying you're releases. the number
2: you're saying you're the number one. You're saying we're better. Okay all right, well, let's do something better. Because what you're doing, if you really think about it, they're low-key kind of doing the same thing WWE is. True.
1: I mean, yeah, you could definitely make that argument.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, WWE is using part-timers, right? Or celebrities. Well, is an American top team, I guess, can, can aren't they like celebrities? You know, and I'm playing quotes around that, but you know what I mean? Um, he's using ronda rousey well we got the cheap versions um <laughs>
0: let's
2: see um they're using part-timers well isn't cm punk kind of a part-timer i mean he, it's not like he wrestles every show or anything like that um
3: Part-time I mean, or the full-time contract
2: yeah you know i mean he's there every week yeah but it's not like he's doing every something every week like you know what i mean jericho's still 50 something years old you know I mean, he's putting over Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston's like forty, so I mean, it's like, you know what I mean? You're kind of doing the same thing, but you're supposed to be the alternative. And yeah, well, you're doing say. you're doing a great job, but it's it's still come on.
3: But Fino and Sasha, I, I got to say this though: um, to defend AEW, like you said, WWE, like you said, they're not using a young talent. Let, let's take it back though in wwe do you remember in 2011 i'm not sure if y'all remember this there was a um there was a monday night raw that was in new york kofi kingston climbed on the top of this um um barricade and he put and he jumped through a table with randy mm-hmm. orton laying on top yep. of it yep mm-hmm. now okay now here's the thing that was back in 2011 was kofi being utilized correctly that should have gave Kofi the push right there, when that happened. You put Orton through that table. Yep. You did not use Kofi correctly until you went do this new day mix.
0: Correct. So
3: and then, also and then let's let's not leave out the ladies. Let's not leave out the ladies. Now, do you all remember this superstar? This is a recent person I'm talking about. You all remember a, a female superstar named Amber Moon? Yes. Oh yes. Yes. She killed the NXT. And then when she get to when she get to Monday Night Raw, I hate to steal Brock Lesnar's line, but Amber, who, what, what, what happened? What happened? So it's like you're you're you have the talent, but you're not using your own, your own talent. But so we can't really jump down AEW's throat all the time because WWE has been doing this. For many years.
2: No, no, I understand that, but see, that's my point. That's the whole point. If you're the alternative, you need to be doing the alternate. Like you need to be doing the opposite of what they're doing.
1: But my if you're angle, just starting, and they're like, but we much... keep saying they're starting,
2: but right, but I, I but they, I'm, I'm tired of hearing that. It's three. One is three years. Two, you have the history of the business behind you. You know, you see, if you're a competition, right, Mm -hmm. I know what you're doing wrong. So that means
1: I don't need to be doing what you're doing because I don't also want to be doing wrong. But you also have some, and I know you're going to, you know, lose your shit over me saying this again, you know, they're just starting. And plus Tony Khan, as much as we, you know, look to him as what he's done, he's not, wrestling was not in his blood he's a fan he is a fan with a extremely large checkbook and the resources to get these things but you're also saying okay he's going against a well-established global company and whether you like him or not as far as what he's done over the years Vince McMahon who's basically like built for this and it's hard it's easy for you to say hey we want to be the alternative hey we want to be different You can say that, but do you really know what that's going to incur? Like, you have this host of talent. I don't think he expected when he started AEW that WWE was going to release over 100 talent. Because like you said, when they started, they had the four pillars. They had just every so often, WWE people would start coming in. You know, Brody came, you know, Jericho, Matt Hardy. It wasn't as many people as it is now they started with the right idea but then at the same time it's like when you have all these releases all this talent are you gonna sit there in that moment and say okay well I'm not gonna take you because this this, is not I'm trying to do this are you gonna be like I need to put more eyes on this show I need to get these fans over here and do this like sometimes you got to make those decisions and you might have to you know swerve away, no pun intended, from your original outlook. Cause it's a business at the end of the day. So I get what you're saying. Like, I believe that they should be the alternative, but was it really plausible for that to happen given how everything is played out? Like, was that really possible to say, hey, we're gonna stick to our guns or did they have to evolve? Because think about it, if they didn't get punk, if they didn't get some of these people, would AW still be going on?
0: Yeah.
1: A Jungle Boy, MJF, they it it would probably still be going on, but look they're at doing the
2: same. They're doing the same numbers.
1: Right. Okay. They are. They're doing the same numbers. But think about when like TNA was coming in. They started off hot. You know, they were doing all this stuff, and then they just kind of drifted off. You know, they didn't really stick with it. I get what you're saying. They're doing the same thing WWE is doing. But maybe at this point, they're just trying to stay long enough and then build on it. Like, they're still trying to find their way. He's not a professional wrestling. He's not a, I know we don't use the word booker anymore, but he's not that in the sense of he's been around the business long enough. He know like, it's just not the same. And I wouldn't hold him to that same standard as I would like a Vince McMahon or even a oh, no.
2: But that's not I, that's not what I'm doing. I don't I'm not holding him to the standard because he will never be Vince. Right. But then
1: does he know how to give the alternative or is he trying to keep it afloat? Well, then don't sell it like it be... is. But he, ha- but but he see... has he people hooked in. You can't just say I'm starting a wrestling company because the first thing they're going to ask you is what's so different about yours? You have to sell it like that. You and can what do
2: it. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I
3: I have to say this, too, because, see, we're missing a bigger point. Now, we're saying AEW is the alternative, correct? Now, both of you did not watch this company, but I can guarantee you all can answer this question. From 1996 to 1998, what was the biggest faction in WCW? NWO. Correct. A bunch of veteran talent that started it off, where they was not utilizing the young guys at the time.
1: That's true. Hogan,
3: Hall, Nash. And then you bring in X-Well, Six at the time that you know is mm-hmm. X-Pop. And then you bring in Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. And then you had IRS in the um in the group. I'm going in order. And then you had the giant, but he was the young talent. You had um, Big Boss Man for about three weeks. The Nasty Boys was in the NWO people for, um, for three weeks.
1: Yeah, we're going to be here all night with all that stuff, you know? Right.
0: So
3: so what I'm trying to say is they actually, this alternative, we know AEW's alternative, but what he's doing is taking the Eric Bischoff way to try to grow his ratings. That's what he's doing. He's taking the Eric Bischoff way, trying to use his veterans. Now, both of you all have a point here. Now, yes, you're right. You should be utilizing, utilizing your young talent. It's the year 2022. I get it. But at the same time, like Sasha said, you know, TNA started off hot. But see, they had some of the talent in there. They had the young and the old. Sting Nash Hall. Sting Nash Hall was there. AJ Styles was there. Bobby Root was there. Um, Samoa Joe was there. You know what I'm saying? They had a mixture, but it was using both of them. What happened to TNA was your veteran players left. And then some of your stars left. That's why you got TNA on Pop TV now, where nobody sees them. And there's nobody there except Rhino and um well what's what's my man's name that came from um WWE? He used to say um I, I got kids.
0: He's slaying oh, Yeah, he's slaying. Thank you,
3: thank you. So you got people like that there. So no, TNA is not making any noise. But I get what you're saying, Fino. They're not using their talent, but they're taking the Eric Bischoff route, trying to bring their um ratings up. That's what they're doing.
2: I get that, but what I'm saying too is, or I'm not saying don't use your vets. Obviously, you got to use them. But I want to see more of the CM Punk MJF type feuds, where MJF is a a future star, and then you got a vet, and you're using the vet to elevate MJF. That's the only feud that I I'm trying to think of right now. So that's currently elevation. uses an elevate while still building your younger talent is all i'm saying i'm not saying only focus on young talent i'm saying use your right. vets to upgrade them so like but you I mean, mentioned,
1: technically what they're doing like you just said they the, only did I,
2: I only see one person doing that mjf is the only one that right now is getting
1: but i mean you that. have what i mean it's not I mean, not everything is going to be just knocked out of the park. But, I mean, you have what private party with, well, they were with Matt Hardy. I'm um, right. But you know, they're getting exposure because now this Jeff Hardy thing—they're in a feud. And
0: they you got-
1: have the pieces there. You know, they're they're trying to make something happen, even with the idea of, you know, Daniel Bryan and John Moxley wanting to, you know, Daniel Bryan wants to start a, a stable with the younger guys. You know, that's interesting. If that will happen, we don't know. Now that Regal's there, but. They're, they're trying to do something, but again, it's like running a wrestling company, especially in these days where we've pretty much seen everything and you've had WWE basically be the standard and the blueprint for so long. It's like, again, like what could they really show us that we haven't seen? Like what the talent changes, but as far as like the format and like what we, you know, we're used to, like, what can they really show with us any different? And I think that's the the part that you have to kind of give them a little slack for. We've oh. seen everything.
3: True. I don't, I don't know. All right. you know. Sasha got a point. Sasha got a point,
1: Fino.
3: You know. I'm but not saying not take
1: shit. Away, mm. It's not taking away from your point either. Absolutely. They yeah. need to put over their younger talent. That is, you're absolutely correct on that. You just have to be like, how do you do that and maintain the business to You know, because, you know, they're basically trying to compete with WWE. They're saying that they're not. WWE is saying that they're not. But it is what it is. It's always going to come up. Fans are saying it. But they got to stay afloat. Otherwise, like Coop said, they might end up like TNA. I I don't even know where pop TV is, not to be disrespectful. I just didn't know. (laughs) Um, But they're trying to stay afloat. Because think about it. If AEW goes out of business, which I don't think they will. I mean, damn. What else is? Who knows how long it'll be for somebody to come? Because TNA was standing. It's been 20 years since somebody's come this hard for WWE. As far as they have an established audience, they have a TV deal, two TV deals. This it has been a long time. So just really? gotta give them some time. WCW didn't do this overnight either.
0: I, I,
2: yeah, I, look. At the end of the day, I'm just saying. You can bring in the talent, you can bring in all these names, and I get it, but I just don't forget, don't forget what you're built upon. Is all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And,
2: and maybe- they're to me, you know, I love AEW. I'm not shitting on them. I love AEW. Don't get me wrong.
0: Yeah.
2: But the the original message is being lost and forgotten, and. I just don't want it to be lost and forgotten, I guess, is the best way to say it. Cause once you lose it, you're you're done, in my opinion.
0: Yeah.
3: Now and guys, I know this is y'all closing topic for AEW, but I have to say one more thing about WWE. You hear me tell you what Vince should do? And it's gonna blow everybody, every other company out of the water. Do you remember during the Royal Rumble he had open door policy? Yep. And you brought Mickey James in? Yep. Mm -hmm. You need to have an open door policy for mania. That's how you can make true dream matches actually work on the biggest stage of them all. That's what you need to do. Have one year for an open door policy. I ain't saying open the door for the whole floodgates just running. But there's certain people that can come over, that can do something. There now, I don't know much about this guy who I'm about to say. Um, so I shouldn't even bring him up. No, i bring him up. That the, the uh, I guess he's the TNA champion or used to be or whatever. His name is Moose. Do y'all know anything about this guy?
2: I know I've a little. I know a little yeah. bit
3: about him. He's been he's been see, I've seen a few promos where he's talking about, you know, WWE people and AEW people, and hey, I see he's trying to go hard on Rome.
2: Yeah, he had the nerve to mention the head of the table, the, the tribal chief. He better right. watch he better watch his mouth. That's all I'm gonna
3: say. Okay. So well, I know, I know Sasha. I opened up a door I shouldn't open up on because <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. But what I'm trying to say is think about it. If WWE is is bringing this paper, I still call it paper views because that's what it's gonna be. These that's paper views, right? Why not? It's kind of shaking hands with each other, but WWE wins it because it's on their show. Yeah. Why not have open door for Mania or a future Mania? Not this Mania because already booked.
2: So mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you. So this is gonna go back to the last conversation that me and Sasha had on our last episode, um, and we we went off on each other for this. Um, so you did you watch the Vince? Um, interview with Pat McAfee.
3: Yep. yep. Okay.
2: So there was a thing that he had mentioned, um, and we kind of took what he said and, and brought it to the topic of triple H, um, we're pretty much like the future of the business in a way, um, how his kids had disappointed him in a way, um, and it led to a triple H conference, uh, conversation that we had and we went in, um, but the thing about that the reason i bring that up is because for me triple h um if i think he was going to be that person that was going to have the wwe explode as far as the doors all bursting open he was going to be that connection to the actual wrestling world that wwe tries to forget in a way since they're Mm -hmm. the entertainment um i thought triple h would be that person um you 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 saw little signs of it here and there um but you know triple h i feel like would have been perfect like i think he you know we've seen him go to other indie shows we've seen him interact with evolve before they bought him um you know i I think that he would have been well definitely welcoming to the guys in new japan Vince, I don't think, is going to be that type of person. Well, we already know he's not that type of person. It was a shocker in, in itself that the, the TNA thing with Vicki James happened. But that was probably more of a, we we got to make up for that that situation with her. Versus we need to open the door for TNA or something like that. A um, oh, th- trash bag situation. Exactly. I think that was okay. more for that if anything um but i I think that there's a possibility that it will happen one day in the future um it's not going to be you know maybe not this year or not even next year but i think that towards the the end the tail end of of vince's run because i mean i don't know how long he's going to do it maybe another thousand years i don't know this is vince mcmahon he'll live forever but it i feel like if triple h was that person to take control that's when that would open up and i think that maybe potentially you'll see a a a partnership with maybe AEW one day down the road because they've already been talking you know as far as doing for documentaries and teaming up for stuff like that like so there has been communication there's at least some type of connection from each company to i mean we saw it with the jericho thing on austin's podcast Mm -hmm. so i mean it's it's there there's you know there's little leaks in the in the armor and stuff like that but it's not going to be for a while it's probably not going to be till vince is gone that that actually happens and Mm. i I mean if that's the case i'm fine with it I, i don't i don't think WWE needs to do it it'll be great
0: they it'll don't need,
2: to, it, yeah. It'll be definitely different. I don't think TNA would be the the company they need to do it with. No, um, no, no, not at all. Mm-mm. But it would. It to me, it would be New Japan. Um, they get the New Japan to work with them. Now we talking business. Um, I think that's going to, that will tear the house down. Like without. Any chance for anyone to compete with that? Okada versus
1: Roman Reigns. Oh if presented correctly. Woo! Club, because isn't New Japan? I mean, I will know a little bit about New Japan, but as far as how would you present New Japan on WWE to bullet? the casual fan who does the not know line
2: versus bullet club? Yo, I'm just saying,
1: yo. Oh. I mean for us. Woo! It would be like okay that's cool but like for again the casual how do you sell that say, who is this the yeah. thing
2: well that's the thing aw i, I go to aw on this because aw is they they don't have the casual fan aw is okay. the hardcore fans yes is going to have more casuals but it's the same way where when aj styles debuted it. AJ Styles was not a big name to the Casuals when he debuted in WWE, and he came out third in the Royal Rumble.
1: But look at the reaction that he got. But would and you argue that he's a he is a unique talent in which, with everything lined the way it was, it worked out? Can you bring an Okada? Again, and have that work with a casual fan, and that could also be another reason why AEW too has had to kind of flip, and maybe not keep their, not so much not keep it, but kind of you know their that plan would be the alternative because maybe too they want that casual fan.
2: Well, I think yeah, no, I think it will because if you notice, New Japan has been working more in the Western side of the world. They're having way more shows in the U.S.
1: But who's watching those?
2: People, they have to be watching if they're selling no, out. No,
1: wh- no. Well, what kind of people are watching them? Is it us? Or is well, no, not- I
2: know it, it, it's not the casual. You're not. No one. No wrestling company is going to get the casual fans until they're at WWE. Right. But you got to build up that at least get that name out there in the U.S. And as more, yeah. the more they work. The more they do shows, the more they do all these things, it will eventually build enough of a name that they may just hear it. They may not know who the hell it is. But once well,
3: they, they... Well, go ahead. No, no Well, I was going to just say this um, to you, Fino, and Sasha. Um, this has happened before. It has happened before. And I will explain. I will take y'all back in history. Um a company that we all know, named ECW. You all remember that company, right? Yes. yes. Now, back in back in 1997 yeah, 97. 97, they invaded WWL. Not, I'm not talking about that old one invasion mess in ninety seven. Check, watch your history. They invaded WWF. At the time, ECW was not on network television. People can't casual fans didn't know who these people were they didn't and they came in and they did their thing on monday night raw by attacking other wwe or wwf superstars at the time and it happened for a while for about two three weeks so that's how they got introduced you're going to have to have some type of invasion type angle and it's got to be good for the casual fan to say okay, I know who this person is because they attack um, Shinsuke. They attack AJ. You know what I'm saying? That's how I believe it's going to have to work for the casual fan to know who um, New Japan is. You just said
2: said the exact thing, what they could do. They have the pieces already in their company. Mm -hmm. AJ, Shinsuke. So what they could do if you really... Oh God, Vince hired me right now if if you wanted to okay you can have a shinsuke let's, let's say shinsuke turns heel uh, shinsuke is always talking about oh i i used to be treated better oh like i miss japan because japan was so much better and all this stuff they could just he can go off just completely destroy everybody and then he starts bringing his boys over right and you right. got Shinsuke as like the Yakuza leader and he's bringing all these boys he's got Okada coming he got Naito he got all these guys coming that's how you introduce it there's ways you can do it you don't have to just bring them over oh this is a dream match Okada oh, from New Japan versus no 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 I'm... if you want to make it interesting you want to get the casual fan into it
3: invasion
2: you use what you got and you invade it or you you do something they're going to watch people didn't know who the shield was until they they destroyed john cena and then everyone was wondering who the hell are these three guys that attacked john cena oh wait There's no nexus that's the dude that was that 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 was in NXT okay let me watch some of his stuff oh nexus who's these random eight guys attacking who the hell is sure Daniel Bryan? And Bryan Danielson was already a big name in the in for the hardcore fans. But I didn't right. know who Daniel Bryan was. I did that night. <laughs> I looked up. Oh shoot. Oh, he had this match with CM Punk before? Oh shoot. Yep. That's yep. what you do. There's ways to do it. And I think that's that's in WWE, they're they're smart. I mean, I know they have they they do stupid shit sometimes here and there, but they ain't gonna bring something on if they know they can't make a big money off. Of them. They they'll figure it out. That that's, yeah, I guess
1: the question is, are they gonna do it and when? Considering be... they just released a bunch of people, so I mean, how are they gonna work the logistics out with that too? I mean, look, they I know released... they're not gonna be on the roster full time, but bringing those people over is also going to take away spots from the people that you have left and you're already trying to struggle to build up that tv time
2: look i think that the way i know they they did all the releases and the releases suck don't get me wrong i hate i hate for people to lose their jobs and stuff like that but i will say i mean it's not to me i personally don't believe it's WWE really lost a step after the the releases it was unfortunate but they they just kept going and if anything you know some parts got way better now people there are people now getting opportunities that they weren't getting before you got Ricochet as a the intercontinental champion you got um you know we gained Rick Blues and Shinsuke At WrestleMania, we're getting Austin Theory's getting his opportunities. We're getting all these guys, you know, are they're getting chances that they probably wouldn't have gotten before because of the bloated roster. Anyway, NXT 2.0 there's these guys are moving up faster and being used. Well, we have seen a Tommaso Ciampa in in a Monday night. Raw, if those releases had happened. I mean, Braun Breaker, like you just mentioned, he's about to get called up, and he's looking like he's going to be a master star. I mean, look at NXT 2.0. They've been doing really well. I don't know if you guys have been watching, but their shows have been been killing it. They just created a new female superstar after one match.
3: Nikita (laughs) Lyons. I refuse to watch NXT 2.0. I, I'm I'm uh, where's that can? I refuse.
2: Where's the can? Oh my god. Ooh,
1: me I, and I Coop might be on the same page with that. Okay, okay.
2: All right, all right. I
1: didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want you to. Okay. I didn't want
2: another oh, right. No, 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 no. You just you just opened a can, work. Okay, hold on. Why? Just tell me why, and then.
1: No, we're look. look no, I want to know
2: his. I don't want to know you. <laughs> I already know your your thing. I want to know why he said it. He opened
3: up he opened the door. I just wanna know not, why, Coop. Just tell me if why. It, if it's not broke, don't fix it.
1: Amen.
3: <laughs> there was nothing wrong with the original NXT. Incorrect. No, that's not incorrect. Incorrect. Your ratings, your ratings, during the Thunderdome era, ratings for NXT, for the Thunderdome era. People were tuning in to watch NXT and enjoying that better than Raw and SmackDown at one point in time. That show, you had wrestling on that show. You had stars that was believable, great on that show. Look at your back. Look at your behind-the-scenes producers that was on that show. Mm -hmm. You had something big.
2: Yes. Yes.
3: Now, you want to take this and throw away all your stars and create this 2.0? I watched the very first episode of 2.0 and I did not watch no more after that.
2: See, no, that's, you know what's crazy? Because the same argument that you were using for AEW, oh, they're a baby. Yeah,
1: I was just thinking about that. They're a baby and all it.
2: this. You no, didn't no, no, give no, them no. chance. This
1: is... This, this is not
3: no, a baby. Wasn't... This is not a baby. You it took a show that's been out for a while Remix mm-hmm. remixed this show. You remixed it so hard, whereas to the point, to me, I, you took some of your best people and just threw them away.
2: I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not forgiving WWE for what they did. I'm. I still, to this day, am still hurt that Adam Cole, Bay is not on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown every night. I, I look. I get that. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're not. I'm not gonna defend him on that. But the reason why I said you were incorrect earlier, that it was that you said it wasn't broke, it was, and I'm gonna tell you why. And this is the same thing I think I talked to Sasha about last episode too. But. NXT 2.0 Well, the biggest problem with WWE And you hear this all the time On the internet You hear this just everywhere in general They're not building new stars And what I mean by What really made WWE special Is that they created their stars You look at Rock You look at John Cena You look at Orton You look at Batista Um you look at um taker even though taker didn't start but you know what i mean um let me see who else is guys that they created from the beginning let's look at the four horse women sasha charlotte becky bailey um they created these stars from the ground up and now nxt 2.0 is them saying all right we need to get back to what we used to do we used to grab the, all the indie guys that already had names and yes they would have been superstars with us that is true 100 but if we get to build these guys from the beginning stages and make them into the superstars not only a are we going to make them we're going to make way more money than we ever could because we're going to own everything about them but two That would just destroy the whole narrative that we cannot create our own stars. And that's something that they need because they have to get away from using the outside names. They got to stop using the part-timers. They got to start. They got to build a whole new roster. And
1: yeah, and not to cut you off, but we did have this argument before and it was I agree with what you're saying. You know, they they have to create new talent, but my argument was when they were creating the talent, and I'm not talking about the indie guys, I'm talking about you had your wrestlers like American Alpha, you had Enzo and Cass, you had, for that time, you had what the, I'm no, I'm talking about mostly tag team because that's what I can remember the top of my head, but like Nevada Villains, The Revival, you had these talent that were coming up that were mm-hmm. essentially being developed in NXT mm-hmm. and you brought them up. Where are they? So even if you do do this hmm. developmental, if you start over, because just like AEW, when NXT first came, it was developmental. That's how it was pitched. It had to evolve to keep up, which is why I think they did transition to more indie names. But they had to do that to keep up. With NXT 2.0, even if you do do all that, when they go over to the main roster, is it going to translate over there? Or but are you see- going to do
2: we can't judge on something that hasn't happened yet. The first name that that's actually going to, we can actually see what's right. gonna happen is Braun Breaker because Braun Breaker is the one name that when I, we first saw him in NXT 2.0, we already thought, yo, that man could be a superstar. It's
3: too early though. No, I'm saying like, I'm I'm not saying he is, I'm saying. No, ultimately it's I, too early to bring him to the main roster. I agree. That's,
1: that's you know that's
3: what? I, I agree with you.
2: But the because fact that what they are... What's the are point tr- of
1: NXT 2.0 then? If you had him on there for a few months, you take him off. Like, What I do think, you really know about Braun Breaker? I think he's an NXT champion.
2: I think the thing is... I think that he's a lot more ready than we, we give him credit. Was it too soon? Would I have waited a little bit longer? Yes. But I think sometimes you got to... Sometimes you just got to take that chance. You know, it goes back to the just the circle of life to to that earlier conversation. Sometimes you just got to go for it.
3: Uh, okay, so I got two and words for you. And I ain't trying to sound like DX, but I got two words for you: carrying cross.
1: Damn.
2: What What do you mean? That, that's what carrying carrying cross wasn't wasn't built from from W. They didn't build him,
1: dude. He came but from TNA. Been built he, like Stone Cold wasn't no. built in WWE. I mean, the he, Austin character right. was, but he was in WCW for a good while. He wasn't built in WWE. Karen Cross was. What? Karen Cross
2: is
3: a is a diff. That's a different. That's that's a bad example. How? No, it's not because he had the hottest entrance in NXT. He was undefeated, and he goes to Monday Night Raw. What happened? He gets watered down quicker than anybody. I, and I
2: understand that, but that's a different scenario from what I'm talking about with Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker, Breaker is a super young young talent that has mm-hmm. potential. Has to me, has Cena like potential.
1: I'm just I'm how not how saying going to be Cena. But how many people have they brought up who had? that? That's what I'm saying. This person. is the
2: very first person. Everything in the past, we can't we can't look at that. This is NXT oh, wow. 2.0 we have to this- see what they do from here now we already know they fucked up with NXT we can't we they were fucked up it's cool all right we can't forgive them so do you think they've learned this is what i'm saying this is what well, we're going to find
1: I, I know i don't
2: NXT. know i can i can't say they have learned because i haven't seen it yet we got to give it a couple of months let's see what happens with breaker that's what i'm saying you- I think Breaker is going, going to wrong. be. I think Breaker's going to get that push. And they're going to. Okay. I think he's going to get that push where they're going to see if this is the right move for if this what is. we did. If he succeeds, then anything said about NXT 2.0 in the negative way.
1: But I, is you that can, really you, indicative of NXT 2.0 I, as a whole? Or is that him? I think you you can't forget that even though, you know, he's not wearing the Steiner name. He's still part of that lineage, like you can't really Mm -hmm. overlook that either. So is that because if he was just a random dude, do you think we're having this conversation? If he has that potential? Yeah, no, if he a lot of guys have that potential. But if and this is not discrediting him for his. Okay, what about Camelo Hayes? Are we talking about Carmelo Hayes like that? He's, is Carmelo Hayes he's, on Raw or SmackDown? Or are we talking about Braun? Like Carmelo Hayes, we there's a lot of good wrestlers right now. We have we we're spoiled as far as wrestling content. I'm saying as a talent like Braun Breaker, who you're saying has that star quality. What do you think WWE looks at when they see him besides the star quality? He is coming from the Steiner lineage. They love stuff like that. It's not taking away from him, but that's just a fact. So is that going to be so much of NXT 2.0 or is that just him as a separate entity? Because besides holding the title, what did his title reign do for NXT 2.0? When you think of 2.0, first, they haven't been there long enough. And what has he done outside of you know, winning the title from Champa? then he loses it to Dolph Ziggler? <laughs> has he really? Who has? Who
2: he didn't has get pinned, by the way. So I was doing, and he, and <laughs> yeah, he didn't get was pinned, hard. and Dolph cheated. So I'm just okay, saying, right, he's, he's they, not they,
0: a they did. Anymore. They did
2: take care of him. Okay, just say okay. Just
1: that is true. But as a champion, mm-hmm. look at Roman Reigns, and I know, I know what you're thinking. Like, why am I comparing the Tribal Chief? But as a champion, look who he has gone through in the year, the different feuds he has, the different talent that he's gone through win loser dropper that will mostly lose for the talent involved but you get what i'm saying Braunbreaker breaker has not had that in nxt you can't really see him as the face of nxt if he's literally only gone against tommaso champa and dolph ziggler and he lost the title by tommaso champa being built how is that the face of nxt 2.0 or is that just this is Braun breaker separate entity Mm. So even if he does work out, does that really mean NXT 2.0 works out, or is that just him?
2: Mm. Well, when you put it that way, uh <laughs> 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 no, no, no. I will just look. Okay. Well, look. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And and also, to I just say that, give it,
2: just give it time. That's all I'm saying. Go ahead.
3: And, and I I got to say this. I don't care if it's NXT 1.0, 2.0, or 20.0. There's a repeated history that happens to um, characters when they leave NXT. Both of you guys, both of you are very knowledgeable when it comes to the wrestling industry. So I want to ask you this. We know one of the greatest wrestlers for NXT is Adam Cole. Do you all agree? Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. You have to ask Fino? I was surprised you didn't go off even more with that. You had a very demure answer. But see,
3: yeah. but see, right. So, I have a point with this. I have a point for a reason why I'm bringing up Adam Cole. Now, before he signed that contract with AEW, and I know you guys know this, what was WWE plans for Adam Cole hitting the main stage? Uh, the main I'm, walk, I'm walking
2: away. I'm <laughs> see? Walking away.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Shaving his hair off and making him a manager. What?
2: It's, what do you do? It's a carry new
3: era. Carrying across uh, carry undefeated streak.
2: It's a new era.
3: You, no, it's a, it's going to be a <laughs> repeated history. So that's the reason why I'm bringing up. I, I don't agree with, I agree with Sasha when she said, is it? Is it Braun? Is it Breaker? Or is it 2.0? Well, which one is it? And I understand what you're saying. You know, you got to give it time. It's
2: a baby. See, it's a baby. History, yeah. Oh, look at him. No, it's
3: the it's the same. No, it's not. It's the same. It's the same child that had a name change. No, Even because,
2: because it they change be changed everything. Change. Not they if they changed things everything. Things
3: if they, they literally
2: changed everything about it.
3: What What's the first three letters of this show that we're talking about?
1: WWE. Nope, <laughs> nope. Before the 2.0, what is it called? Next team. But they should have changed it. That was—I thought like that was unfair. Like they, they that's a huge legacy it. to step to. That wasn't
3: production of it because it's not a Triple H or HPK production no more. That's what's changed. They changed a lot still... more
2: than that. A lot more than that. But it's well, okay. You're right.
3: they, they, they changed the interest of it. They oh, I'm sorry. I'm being a hater right now. I'm being a hater. That's
2: what I'm being right now. It's cool. No, it's cool. At the end of the day, I'll be the only NXT 2.0 fan, and that's fine. (laughs) But when Ron Breaker is the one that faces Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40, because it's not gonna be next year, because that's gonna be Roman Reigns versus The Rock. Okay, Roman Reigns is gonna be undefeated all the way to WrestleMania 40. He's not losing the the unification titles. Okay, to so WrestleMania 40, and he faces Braun Breaker in the WrestleMania main event, and Braun Breaker is the one that ends the Tribal Cheese run at top. Okay, we're gonna go back to this conversation. Okay, mm-hmm. March 9th. I mean not March. Yeah, yeah, we're in March. March 19th. Okay, mm-hmm. the one-year anniversary episode. We're gonna go back mm-hmm. to this day, and you're gonna hear. You're going to remember everything you've been saying. And then you're going to come back so to me. Is this me,
1: like a straight back prediction you're making? Me. Can I go ahead and just claim my title? No, because that,
2: <laughs> No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But
3: um, I'm <laughs> I'm not WrestleMania 40,
2: Roman Reigns versus Braun Breaker, you can book <sighs> it right now. That's, that's it. That's all I'm going to say
1: about that. Are you sure okay, you didn't just find an extra bottle of Terramana? I, I could have sworn you said it was Dominique Mysterio or somebody. You know, was it thinking. was. It was. Okay.
0: It, so okay. the way
2: I booked it, it was going to be Dominic Mysterio. But
0: they what? they kind of. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, I had a great. No. We, all right, Sasha, just real quick. You have to say, you have to admit that my storyline for that Dominic Mysterio thing was going to be was epic. It was a really good storyline that I came up with. I forgot which episode it was, but that was a good storyline. It's getting late,
3: y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to say this before we close. I will say this. I to go left field. How creative is in WWE. Do not be surprised. And I'm saying this right now, March 19th around WrestleMania 40. If braun Breaker becomes another Ryback, don't blame it on me.
0: Blade well, that's the
2: end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Okay.
0: That's <laughs> Wow,
2: I'm done. Uh, I'm done. Uh, uh, you know what? This was nice. You know, just just pissed me off at the end. You're lucky. You're lucky. Might invade your show and and, and piss you off. That, that's I that think that's what I'm gonna do. Speaking about an invasion angle. But anyway, I want to say no, but. Oh all, all jokes aside though. Uh, Coop, I want to say thank you, man um for for joining us on this show uh being our first guest uh, on a one year anniversary show. Uh, it was it for me it was definitely an honor I've always looked at you as a mentor um you know you helped guide me and helped me lead to this to what the show is today. so for me, I just want to say thank you. Uh,
1: Sasha you go ahead I also want to just thank you you know I was a little nervous going into it but you instantly just put me at ease and a lot of what Fino has done for me I know comes from you you know he's made me believe in myself and take pride in the show and what we do and I know a lot of that comes from your leadership and your guidance So I genuinely appreciate it and it's been just amazing to talk to you considering like this is the first time we've ever spoken to each other really and it just it felt super comfortable and i like i said we just appreciate it we're just happy that we get to share this milestone with having you as our guest so just genuinely thank you
3: and i want to say thank you to both of you for allowing me to come on the show um to all your fans also you guys are doing great things happy one year anniversary Um, I hope I'm back up here again. Um, I hope I'll be up here on the 10th anniversary and the 20th anniversary. Um, I'm loving what you guys are doing. Uh, Fino, you you keep doing your thing. Sasha, keep doing your thing. And Sasha, I'm going to put a personal challenge out there for you. Introduce yourself to one person at least every two months. One person that's in this industry. I don't care. It don't have to be face-to-face. I don't care if it's social media. Send them a message. Tell them what you're doing. Network. Network do it i'm telling you it's going to make you bigger than what you are already and you are big already um Fino, keep doing your thing man um reach out to more people man I- i'm proud of both of you guys um all the fans that are listening right now continue to listen to this show because they're bringing it and they're bringing it hard um you're actually getting things that you're not going to get off of other shows so continue congratulations again for the one year anniversary to both of thank you
2: thank you, okay. thank you.
1: Thank
2: you. Oh, make me
0: cry, man. Oh, <laughs> oh
1: goodness. but Here
2: you we know, go. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'll cry later. But uh, all right, guys, man. Like I said, this, is, this has this been a great one-year anniversary. Thank you, Sasha, for joining me on this journey. Uh, this has been awesome. Like you said, man. Hopefully, we get to ten, and twenty, and thirty, and all that good stuff. Um, you know, this is this is crazy, man. I, I can't believe it. But at the same time i do believe it because you know when you're a part of the bloodline that's just what you do we the one so uh
1: good night y'all here.
2: <laughs> you guys love you let's we'll see you guys later
0: peace Adios.